Welcome to SRFC Radio and Happy New Year to all our listeners. I'm Paul Donahue. Thanks as always for tuning in and don't forget to check out our MySpace page at myspace.com backslash SRFC Radio. So this is our first show of 2009 and you know what that means. Tala Stadium. We made it at last. The excitement around the club right now is unbelievable and we have a Rovers midfielder Stephen Rice in studio here with us today. Welcome Stephen. Thank you. Seven place last season, 11 points off Europe, only finishing six above the relegation zone. Is it silly to talk about trying to challenge for anything this season, or should it just be about establishing ourselves in Tala for the first year? I think we have to be realistic, but also understand that we're moving into a, into a new stadium and it's a new era for the club, especially the last few years have not been as successful as anyone would like. Um, but uh, there's no reason, for, there's a lot of reason for optimism, but again, would call for realism from the fans as well uh, you could say that we still have the nucleus of last year's squad uh, Baz and Goal Madden Price Maguire Flynn uh, yourself Stephen and Sean O'Connor midfield uh, Tyke Purcell Alan Doyle and Podge can get us goals and Desi Baker is back after a disappointing loan spell at Dundalk I wonder will he be in the gaffer's plans at all you have to ask Michael on that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some of our new signings Ollie Cahill Stephen Bradley and Shane Robinson uh, is returning as the club captain they're all league winners at Drogheda there's a lot of experience there you're still only 24 Stephen but I don't know how much you want your first league medal someday yeah that's the whole point of coming to Rovers and what I've what I've looked to do for a long time I haven't been able to achieve anything really of note within the game to date so coming here is, is to do exactly that and to try and win not just my first league medal but my first medal uh, there's also in Birmingham Sh- uh, Sean Webb and a couple, uh, couple of Scotsmen striker Gary Twig and midfielder Greg Cameron uh, we've sold Jared O'Brien to Derry to pay for Twig's transfer fee which a lot of people aren't happy about it's a big gamble now you've been watching this lad Twig and training he had an ok goal ratio at Breakin City Michael O'Neill's our club nothing to shout about what do you make of him so far? he can get goals in training he looks he looks like he can finish but as you said it's a uh He's very much an unproven, and he's he's going to come in and, and try and be the be the, the go to guy for us. So let's see if he can do it. So obviously, Twiggy's been impressive, but he's the one who's really stood out of all the new signings. The one that really stand out in training and in preseason games probably Sean Webb. Looks really strong, dominant centre back, can play as well, and I think will be a good competition for Dara and Ada uh, in that centre back position. And I think that's where we, we needed the strength. And I think Michael's been shrewd in that. Okay. As always, uh, we have a few questions, and our first question today comes in from Winston. He says, How are you lads? Been following this club for 30 years, and Tala is one of the best things to happen to it. But I just think we should be aiming bigger. There should be four stands, not one. I keep reading in the papers that Ronaldo would definitely join Real Madrid this summer. Get him in on his debut. Now, that would be a big event and pack the whole ground out. What do you think, Stephen? I look fine now. I really like the show and all, but. <sighs> People keep giving in the silliest questions I've heard. You know, Ronaldo and Real Madrid. Ah, Royce, Royce, hang on, where do you go? <laughs> Tell him we get Barack Obama in for a cup of tea as well with the, with the Glen Malore suite when we're at it. <laughs> you say that you love me, say you love me, all of the time. 
welcome to Tesla East Dan and it's episode 84 and it's monthly madness. So we're going to talk about the trip to Donegal last Friday, preview the UCD game and uh, don't forget it's Polish night and we'll talk a bit more about that. And you've seen the posters on social media and we've been really pushing this one guys. So we're going to have a scarf swapping station as well. We're going to have a lot of things going on so do keep an eye on social media. It's a big, big push on uh, what could possibly be a low attendance as regards to the UCD because they don't exactly bring hundreds of fans so it's a big push we're going to have and uh, of course it's me Gary P and the prof Carl Riley hello Stephen Rice will be here in a while and we have one of the original ultras it's Paul Donahue. welcome back your second time at Johnny Blues Paul how's it going good to be back good to be back and uh, you were here for the audience in the 2018 start of season special a uh, bit of a messy affair that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few, <laughs> drink, a few drinks were had. It was funny listening back to the laughter in the audience, because me and Gar was like, who was that? Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> laughing, like, like, a like, big hearty laugh, like wasn't a, it? It's like a cartoon laugh. <laughs> Simpsons. Like, yeah, that's dumb, sorry. I know. Uh, yeah, so, of course, we're still sponsored by the Penny Hill Cario, who have supplied us with some gorgeous beers for today. We're on the Peroni. The Prof has a couple of other little tricks up his sleeve as well. He's a few Cobras there left over. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be sipping on them for the duration of the show. So get down to Penny Hill and uh, check them out. As for Louise as well, because she's got some great knowledge on crafty beers. Um, Camille as well, our new match day sponsor as well. They've jumped on board. Don't forget our match day special. 10 euro for a main and a drink. And Prof loves the crispy chicken. Is that right, Prof? Yes, I've been there many times. <laughs> I have some bad news, girl. Go on, Prof, hit me. It's with a heavy heart, I must say. I've decided to step down as co-host of Tales from the East End. I'll now Prof. occupy a new position of Executive Vice President with immediate effect. Now, so Prof, thank you all for your support in the last couple of years. Love to win the cup. Now, had that got to do with the, the bridging loan of 12 bottles of Peroni <laughs> you gave me on Friday night? It may or may not have something to do with that. So, don't see, didn't know where with the Hoops SC in Bally Buffet. What's your pronunciation? Bally Buffet or Bally Buffet? It's funny. I, I would probably say Bally Buffet. But if it's I'm talking posh. to someone, but while I'm up there, I'll say Bal Buffet because that's how the people. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they, they yeah, drop yeah. the Y and they just say Bal Buffet. So I kind of, if I'm up there, it's, I always say it's oh. great to be up here and Bal Buffet. <laughs> I'd say they love that. <laughs> that's for the chicks, is it? <laughs> uh, so, how was the trip? Yeah, it was great. Now, we'd about, we did an overnighter staying in the Villa Rosa. Highly recommend that hotel. We've been staying there for years now. It's great. Like, yeah. It's obviously it's grown an awful lot. It's huge now. But yeah, but so we have twenty of us. Like sounds yeah. quite Mediterranean, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's, it's like it's uh, yeah. When you see the old the fights at the weddings, I've seen many of weddings. Did you go back to the Just standing on the third yeah, floor. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've seen a couple. Yeah. But now it's great. Yeah. Keep Mark Kenny over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We saw, uh, you met a famous Illinois figure on Friday, apparently. Yeah, we were in we were in Barrett's uh, across the road from the hotel, and uh, I thought I was uh, Tom. Everyone knows him, Tom, the Cork Tom, is that his name? Or just shows regular League of Ireland grounds or whatever. It was just brilliant, yeah. So like Nosferatu. He was. Yeah, I was. I was funny enough now. I was just chatting away to him, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a great video. I thought it's actually a, a Bowles video where it's Jason Bourne and Glenn Cronin. I have seen that, yeah. And Jason Bourne is doing an impersonation of him. And I'd never really spoken to him, but it was only when I was there, I was going, yeah. all I could see was Jason Bourne because it was absolutely spot on. Like, absolutely spot on. Like, yeah. Yeah. I heard that before I'd ever heard Tom, so yeah. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But it's only now when you hear him. Like, yeah. Yeah. So the 50s Roadshow took to the road 
and uh, it was a success, I think, Prof. It was. Gary, you assumed the spirit of Dan Fulham almost immediately because you were standing in the aisle, chatting to people, asking me to hold your cans. <laughs> you might as well have just been Dan Fulham in the flesh. Do you know what? Um, I asked Conor Foley to do the secretarial work for me. He lasted about three minutes. Uh, he was sacked quickly into the job. It wasn't paid by numbers, so... Taking off people's names proved too much for him. <laughs> he, really, he just gave up. And then Prof resumed the role. Fantastic. Uh, I was only telling Dunster beforehand, we, we nearly lost a couple at the first pit stop. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're uh, grand. Like, there's, two, by error. there's two people chasing the bus. <laughs> I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. The first bus. And then I was like, oh, I'm in charge of this fuck. Uh, I'm sitting at the back drinking cans. That's one. That's, I always get the, it's like... I was got it's like being on a Ryanair fly here. Yeah, you just going yeah, up yeah. asking them for me. I say, well, yeah, <laughs> you're going to you, you send us those charity uh, scratch cards. <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> uh, the problem we had a door. The, the door was held shut with uh, like a bike elastic. You know one of those things that you wrap your <laughs> shopping on. It was one of those, mm. one of those elastic. With the two hooks yeah. at the end so of it. So we yeah. stopped and we only had a piss stop. And we were, everyone's giving out, going, fucking Maloney. <laughs> <laughs> Alex whips out this elastic. So obviously it's happened before. And he's just tied the bush shut. And he goes, nay, that's bad. <laughs> so, no one. And I went to sit beside him, you know, just to keep him company for it. He goes, no. Sit there. It sucked out the dog. Only Tony Orr's allowed to sit in the room. Yeah, Tony Orr, usually at the top. Um, there's a few people popping their Donegal cherry as well which is, I was one of them I, I'd never been to Finn Park I was surprised I was convinced you were with me mm. two years ago remember the Mikey O'Connor header out there oh yeah, yeah. It shows you how, how pissed you are Prof on that trip but um, yeah no, Carol and Bernie actually made a good point uh, we always have fond memories of this ground because they're all so bollocksed like when they get there and when they leave they don't remember it <laughs> they actually forget that Finn Park is just gravel at least, our, like they were saying, at least Aria Park has steps, albeit very dangerous steps. <laughs> but, like, Finn Park is just level gravel. Yeah, yeah but it's nice gravel. Yeah, it's it's good, it, it doesn't it's, pretend it's, to be a ground yeah. like Aria does. It's very welcoming gravel. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't pretend. Um, you have to give the girls in the Tay shop a big shout out. They were, uh, they were praising us online. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to give them a big shout out. I saw the, the people as well that were doing the, the food run, the donation collection inside. They were saying. Yeah. That Rovers fans were like, like I gave them money. I didn't know why. Oh, we drew, we drew a few money. Like, and there seemed to be a lot of Rovers fans just giving them money. So I saw them on Twitter yesterday saying how they, they were praising the Rovers fans, how oh, generous yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah, uh, yeah. Listen, yeah. Yeah. full of cans in your trunk. I threw a few <laughs> quid at them as well. Junior hoops gave them a few quid. Um, and it was the the start of eleven was the big talking point on the way up, and we were thinking I had to have been this. The simple decision was to like for like with Cavo and Watts, and that was the case. So Cavo came in for Clark and Watts came in for Bourne and uh, yeah, it was like for like. So they were on international duty. So it was a uh, well. Last week our concern was uh, having a weakened bench and not having to rely on it. And then you look at our bench. We had two under nineteen players: Darren Nugent and Thomas Alua. Right. Now Thomas Alua, that's the fullback, isn't he's it? Stout no, striker. He's a striker. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of scored the weekend. Scored the weekend. And um, and Oki as well. He hadn't come off the bench in the previous three games, but he did in this one. We were needing a goal, so it was kind of our worst. It was good to see a spring a striker from the bench to get a goal, though. Yeah. Like, I liked it, you know, just <laughs> throw him on there, lash him on, see how he get on. I suppose it worked once. I think he, did he play? Did he? Oh, I won't get one. He, he didn't. He didn't do too much. Did he? he kind of ran around for a while. Was it? He was like, do you know what? It was like Barney on the bus, just jumping around, <laughs> just jumping around, making noises. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, 
Fourth half save from Watts as well, and it, it was just a it was a slog, wasn't it? it was, I did five at the back, and they just kind of wanted to dig in mm. deep and hit us on the counter. Which the it, pitch was lumpy, not as hellish as I expected. No, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But they, um, I don't know why we predicted both predicted five goals in our predictions. We knew full well there'd be no more than one goal. Yeah, that was a silly call, wasn't it? Really, Gareth claimed to me downstairs that it was mild. In Donegal, I thought it was freezing my bollocks. I was the second half now. I started to feel it. I had to, I had to hold up in the second half now, but considering yeah. I was saturated by a kind of exploded <laughs> Ratsky as well, I actually thought it was quite mild. You piss off, Joe. Right? It's freezing. <laughs> so uh, how we played? Um, now considering there was a lot going on at the time in the game and those different circumstances, the first half was a slightly a blur. But I remember Watts' chance. I remember them having a chance. And I'll let the prof take it from here. <laughs> Will you let me take it from here? <laughs> You're probably just as bad. You should well, have Barney here. Don't give us a what Harps offered. I mean, I suppose it was like free kicks and throw-ins mostly. Yeah, for yeah it's mostly set piece. Yeah. And uh, apparently they narrowed the pitch. But as Tommy Tarmy came over... There was said, a was, lot of room on the pitch, wasn't there? Yeah. As Tommy Tarmy said, it was great. If there's one team who doesn't care about the pitch being narrowed, it's probably us. Yeah, yeah. It's true, because we don't have wingers, yeah. But still, we were kind of reduced to shots from distance, especially in the second half. Although, uh, another green, our goal, offside, Aaron and Zaggy. That's a cracker. Born That's a cracker. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, yeah, it was it was what we expected from them, wasn't it? We expect them to dig deep and kind of just try and hit us on the counter. It's the way teams play in talent. They, they were at home. You can see a few teams just struggling up there and only coming away with a draw. Uh, listen, Last year we'd have drawn that, or even last. You know, it's 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 a different kettle of fish now. But we'll talk about the Gary Twig bus didn't arrive until the second half. There was a mix up with the bus company, so um, they added to the atmosphere as the second half approached. Not the only people with trouble, though, Gary. Uh, Paul McGrath driving Pat Tuhi up to the game. Apparently, they were caught in what Tuhi called a temporal causality. <laughs> because to, he was trying to explain this to half of our bus and. I don't know why you bothered. <laughs> Explaining to me and Carl Kearns, we had 12 cans between us. Like, mostly on Carl's part, but still. <laughs> Fair enough. Trying to explain this to us. Oh, you had your share, Prof. You were, you were, you were at me for the Cobras. Because honestly, you expressed an interest in Brian Cox there recently, uh, reading a Brian Cox book. So maybe he's getting, in, maybe <laughs> he's getting into his quantum physics and his astrophysics, been, maybe. Yeah. They were caught on a loop, the same road, over and over <laughs> again, on the way to the stadium. And thought he was like, we passed this tree like 10 times. <laughs> Temporal loop. <laughs> and, uh, and we Joey O'Brien. Joey O'Brien did an interview afterwards and he said Joel coming on was a turning point as it helped us get further up the pitch. And like I said, probably something I didn't notice. Hard to lie in friends. So it was bathed. Did you, did you notice this, Paul? Bathed and checked. I did. I noticed the book. Speaking, speaking of Joey, it was actually, I stopped to get coffee on the way up. Oh, he's name dropping. I am no. name dropping here. And I went, like, I was looking, I was a bit early, so, but the only place I could find open was Centra. On the Sun Dry Road. So I was in getting coffee in the sun and in walks Joey O'Brien. I was starstruck. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't expect to see superstars on the Sun Dry Road like in Central. I was wondering, is that what the police were they were going down? <laughs> yeah, so but no, he was saying as well, that's exactly what he said. He said it'd be tougher teams to go up there and oh, get three man. points like telling you. Just what the dog win. struggled like and took two wonder goals from Cork mm. from Morrissey to beat them for Cork to beat them, so how did Harp score three goals? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. How did they get four up there? Yeah. But uh, the goal that came, I mean, the lead up to it was brilliant football. Do you know what I loved? I think it was Greener. 
Greener was like near the goal line and the ball got whipped in and he just did his damnness to get to it and he touched it towards somebody to take a shot. So mm. he could have backheaded it, he could have tried yeah. to do like a volley, but he actually had the awareness to take it. His first touch was to put it into the path yeah. of an oncoming player who had a shot which yeah. is blocked and then Bulger steps up with the pull driver. Credit it was well. a cracker. Credit as well to uh, Dylan Moss for the drive and run which kind of uh, brought yeah. a belt a chance yeah the little one-two with, with Finn as well which was, yeah, like, which is something was that absolutely brilliant it, it was it was it was a one-two and it, you could see it's something that they obviously do a lot in playing yeah, because it was yeah. it was so instinctive and it was a split second thing it's like a game as well two-one-two yeah, 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 yeah just a really good bit of play I mean it was great to see that at the time we just thought it yeah, was the box but that was you don't appreciate it you know? even though I failed the great Bodger he usually scores his one goal this season I meant I was going to say it to him next time we see him I'll say that's your one for the season <laughs> yeah. now he usually gets it quite later in the year I actually had a feeling he'd bury it I don't know yeah, the one against Waterford the one against Waterford last year ah yeah there was a much better finish but I have to we have to give a big shout out to, to I think it was Mitzi Mi, Mi, right, just, just a word on Mitzi right Mitzi was row off a half two so he got on the bus, wrote off. So how he managed to like? I only noticed today, yesterday, last night, the ball broke. I think Green, I got the ball and just booted it after he scored, and then it was just rolling in front. And Mitzi's on the pitch jumping, and he sees the ball. Yeah. He just goes and he boots it, but then he starts celebrating his own goal. He was like, "Yes!" Everyone else is celebrating the Robbers' winner. He's celebrating his own kick of the ball. Absolute scenes, unbelievable. Now I stayed on the wall. Dunster stayed on the I wall. On the Prof. Wall. I think prop hung on, on pitch. Hung on to the pylon for dear life. I was, me, one of the many, I was one of the many people who ran around <laughs> on their <laughs> own aimlessly <laughs> looking for someone to hug. And as always in the pub hugging a stranger. And I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Oh, whatever. Just bring it bring it home. Ah yeah, like I you end up to, I think I was beside Mark Keaton actually, who I have to say I don't know if he listens or not, but he's <laughs> that guy is hilarious. I think we need to get him on a special. Mark Keaton was there with his young lad and another fella and we were just talking about this is never gonna happen. Never gonna happen, and then the bedlam kicked off. I think Jake McConnell got reefed off as well. It's a great <laughs> photo of him. I think Karen Connolly took a photo from up on the media area where Barney tried to get in. So Barney tried to do commentating <laughs> for the last 10 minutes, and it's a photo, a downwards photo, and everyone's just running right. I heard and even he, Mick McCarty's moving like a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> what Usain Bolt he was described as. But you have Jake McConnell getting reefed off the pitch happily as well. The stewards were great, and here, big shout out to the guard who didn't arrest anyone. <laughs> How did that man not arrest anyone? His hat got knocked off, he was getting lumped around the bit. I don't know how, I really don't know how. But uh, it was all in good fun. Like I said, the scenes. Were, uh, were unbelievable and the picture in the newspaper of young Lee Finnegan shaking hands with Brazzer on the pitch <laughs> that's what I, was I was looking at was it like uh, I think it was Info Sports or Sports File I always look through there if I was the next day and, and that kid Lee's like every photo was like Stephen Bradley and Lee be so yeah, yeah. happy head on him like <laughs> Jonestown poster boy it was uh, and then loads more chairs at him afterwards Tommy and Kelly then, was involved as well and then Brazzer nearly headed back to the hills of Donegal mm. he saw like 12 lunatics coming at him <laughs> Yeah, Tommy Kelly was straight out as well. And Just um, know on Mitzi, actually, I always bring up the cheese bar to him. Every single time I see him. Cheese bar. Oh, cheese bar. So I just said to him, 15 euro. And then without a second hesitation, he goes, 1890. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He remembers the exactly price. how much it was. Yeah. But uh, the injury time as well was absolute torture. Torture. Was it five six, minutes? Five, five or six, six minutes. minutes. And, I mean... And you you know very well one chance gets coughed up every time, every time one chance gets coughed up, and um, 
I saw someone yeah. giving out. Apparently, someone on Twitter wrote in the, like the 95th minute, FFS, a Rowers fan. And then someone in the farm read that and thought the harps had eaten. Who's a god? He's gone mad. That happened yeah. to me. Do you remember? Um, I think we were up in Derry and it was the semis of the FA Cup final. And I think we were, it was a replay and extra time we're covering it. Oh, this is the penalty. I think we were 1 0 down and Patterson scored or whatever it was and it was late on and they announced that Rovers had won. I was in work. <laughs> Jumping around work, going, fucking yes, yes, this is great. And then they were like, oh, actually, that was, a, that was actually a, a correction. It's, it's not a goal. I want to see the messages I sent. I said, sack that, fuck. This, that. I said, yeah, how can you get a goal wrong? Oh, sure, was, we were going to see on, on the way up, I think we are probably up around the airport. It might not even be the airport, somewhere up that way anyway. And Tommy Cahill goes, oh, lad, he's only from Eden's work, and he goes, oh, lads, there's a pitch inspection at like sure. at four o'clock. Yeah. And we're like, ah, this is like, and we were just going, ah, can't be, it's got its grand. And then he goes, oh, no, oh, it's off. And we went, what? And he goes, oh, no, no, the pitch inspection. It's <laughs> 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 like, fuck, are we going anyway? So we were thinking, we were thinking, if the manager's off, we'll just go anyway. We'll just go around the hills, there's only go. 45 lads in a bus, just, just for the crack. But uh, yeah, like you said, the injury time is torch on the scenes. The final whistle were brilliant. And uh, a, couple of, a couple of new songs which have been coined as well. So we had Aaron McInefel, which is a cracker. You had finally Tommy Kelly getting his Bradley Ola song, which was added to by Jay Thomas, who I actually said I have to give a big shout out. He had that bus hopping. That man never stops. He didn't stop once. That bus did backflips because of him. It was fucking brilliant. Tommy and Kelly on the wall conducting. You've never seen a man so proud to get a song over. He has worked so hard for this. He's been on it months. <laughs> months. And do you know what? It's deadly. I mean, the, the ultras added to it as well, Jay and, and, and Davey and the boys. And uh, it was it was brilliant. And then you have, of course, Tommy got two songs, the Trevor Clark one as well. So uh, a very productive away trip, I must say. And the bus home was, uh, like I said, I got a flight. It was that quick. We It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And um, we're going to play some interviews from the long journey home now from Dublin. So, uh, yeah, for legal and slurring reasons, some or all of those interviews cannot be aired. <laughs> Probably better off. And, um, yeah, so a couple of, of shout-outs. Barney said, great trip, lads. Don't remember much, but I won't forget the winner for a long time. And I remember... When we were talking about the Mac and F song afterwards, Barney was like, "That's someone just sent me the lyrics for that." Because I was literally just jumping up and down, making noises on the bus, <laughs> and everybody was singing. And when I think back to it, it was he was just jumping around, going, "I know." It was. I have to say that fella is a. He's one of a kind. <laughs> he's one of my favorite Robbers people. He's one of a kind. Um, and the video of Barney once again being politely escorted from the media room. <laughs> with cannon hands cannon hands just as well. wanted to have a chat up there with Ollie <laughs> that's all it was Ollie yeah. must have forgotten his media pass <laughs> and we just amazing as well huge win tonight begrudgers out all over social media tonight from other clubs scenes when Greg scored and that is that is the truth isn't it everybody was all the the whatsapp or sorry the, the live yeah. score checkers they were disgusted when that night one went in guaranteed yeah. one eye on Rovers the Bulgers were circling Oh, they were loving it and Carl uh, Cairns reckon I have about three years left on this earth if Tales from the East End start running buses regularly <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about <laughs> yeah, Jason Maloney this Gar- was a f- Gary's mad away trips 
They're the most fun you can have with your clothes on. <laughs> Unless you're Barney. Unless you're Barney. <laughs> <laughs> clothes optional. <laughs> but I think like it was it was hilarious because you are like I think it was was it James Lowe saying that he had the two lads, he looked behind him, he's like Barney and his boxers. A, t- a shirtless Barney and a crazy Aussie man. What can the they back possibly be talking about? Chatting for ages. And James just kept looking back like, I'm so fascinated by this. <laughs> just from a nature point of view. What could this be it's about? It's like you see Fargo or something. <laughs> and um, Jason Maloney, this was the first paragraph of another masterpiece on Facebook. He said, 55 years ago when the Dave Clark Five sat down to write Glad All Over, they hardly visualised that one day 50 reprobates would be singing a variation of the classic for almost the entirety of an eight-hour round trip to Donegal. Greg Boulder's late winner will ling- live long in the memory right now, but I can't get that bleeding song out of my head, and I have to open singing all weekend. Yeah. And it just sticks. And like you said, three new songs born that night, Trevor Clark, McAniff, and Bradley. And you know what? They, they will stick. I really think they'll stick because they're I crackers. Say, I, I feel Jason's pain there. Could you imagine singing the same song over and over and over again? For an eight-hour round trip to Donegal. Jason Maloney. Who would do such a thing? And being sober. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a right old mix, wasn't it? We'd ultras, we'd casuals, you could say. We'd, we'd all sorts of, of, of fans on that bus. It was great, crack. Mackinac one just seems to go on forever. It does, doesn't you know, it? It's like, you're not sure when it's beginning or ending. It's just sort of goals and goals, it goes, and goals. Yeah, that's what you want, isn't it? It's a proper away song trip. The videos uh, away of trip just outside the gate, having left the ground. Just like bopping around in a circle, singing that song. I don't think I saw that one. I don't know where I was for that, to be honest. <laughs> Somewhere soaked in Czech beer, like I said. And uh, what do you reckon our attendance was for that? Yeah, many, well, by the time the Gary Twig arrives, hopefully about 200, I think. Yeah, I thought about 200, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It was around 1,200 at the game itself. And like I said, 200 or so were Hoopers. Um, good attendance for them. That's not bad. Yeah. Getting, getting over a thousand, you know. So they're in the middle of nowhere. And with Sharon Gillespie, we work in the Tay shop in the way in the Finn Park and your fans are an absolute credit to your club. So they were having a bit of crack with them, obviously. I think I staggered in there at one point looking for a programme. <laughs> just because I was I had written something in it for the for the opposition piece. I was about as lost as me as Barney was in the media room, just going in there looking for programmes. But on the way out, uh, James Law was telling me a story about how he's infamously left behind on a trip to Cork. And he started telling me the story, and he was making me so paranoid because we were on the way out, not sure where the bus was. No idea. Where so I actually was. stopped him. and said, "Do not finish this story until we actually make on the bus." I was I, so nervous. I actually, we walked out, and I was looking around. I was like, "I'm going on the bus. I don't know where it is." <laughs> so I'm looking around, going, "Where is the fucking bus?" And I was just running, going, "Follow the crowd." And then there, there we go. And I'd left two big bottles of Tiger beer just at the side of the bus because we couldn't get back on. And I said to myself, Grand, they'll be there when I came back out. So we're after getting a late winner. Looking for a garg, I'm thinking, fuck, the offers are closed. And I left, I forgot I left them there. And I looked, and two big bottles of beer. I was like, yes! <laughs> Celebrating like Bulger's winner. Like Mitzi. And um, so uh, Glad All Over is officially added to the playlist at Tallis Stadium as well. And uh, Taha Hoop on the forum said it was a banana skin and the whole league was watching us and definitely were. 100% were. But like Dunster said before the show, business next week, next month. There's a business month next that's month. What, that's what Joey O'Brien said to me. Joey O'Brien says next month is business month. Oh, fixtures are stacking up. So our, uh, our squad depth will really be tested. And 
so seven points clear a master stroke to play this game I think I think so and we, we spoke about this all week we were saying it's either a complete disaster or an absolute master stroke points in the bag they're better than games in hand points in the bag are unless you're my post who genuinely believes that points in hand or games in hand are better are is they have an advantage over us right so yeah like I said I think I genuinely think it was a master stroke to play and what were your thoughts coming up to the game Paul uh, I was to be honest with you I was did you want it I, want, I wanted the game to go ahead yeah. uh, I, I, I thought that it, the whole, I, I know we were losing Jack Bourne but I think Jack Bourne has only really been getting to himself now like he's only played maybe one or two games where Jack Bourne's been the difference. I felt that way as well. But where I think in the past, like Dylan Watts has been the difference for us yeah. on numerous occasions. So I thought Dylan yeah. Watts going in for uh going in for Jack, no problem there at all. Like Sean Cavanagh going in for Trevor Clark. No brainer. Even Trevor probably hasn't been like I think Sean's probably played as many games as Trevor. Yeah. So I'd absolutely yeah, like as not, far as the team goes, I, no, like, I, I thought we were. That's yeah, what we I'm have. That's what our squad is good enough for. The most couple of messages are sent to the team if you didn't play. Yeah. Like, I mean, are you, are you saying something? We're not, we're not confident in you, or you know, that's going to do the world of good that that result and those three points. But um, yeah, so prof, this with some stats. I'm just going to repeat the stat that I said last week, which you said was going to be a jinx, <laughs> and that was the first time we won six of our first eight games since 1999. It's the first time we got 19 points since we bagged 20 in 1986. So, it's our best start since then. And by the way, six, six clean sheets in our first eight games, right? Okay. How many clean sheets do you think we kept Ooh. in the entire 2017 season? Six. Eight. <laughs> I would have said ten, but it's, you know, I would have gone two to your life. It's frightening. So, we're looking for five consecutive league wins now for the first time under Stephen Bradley against UCD. Some people saying we're on a good run of clean sheets. We actually did this already last year, at the end of yeah. 2018. Did five in a row. We're looking for four consecutive wins with clean sheets for the first time in four years. And we haven't done that in a single season since the 2006 First Division. Four wins, four clean sheets. Jesus. So, Prof will have a couple of little stats throughout the show so the Rovers under 19s beat Cabotini 2-0 at Roadstone Thomas Alua and a Jordan Talon free kick I saw that free kick yeah it was crack, put it up on, uh, on Twitter some goal great free kick and then oh Jesus we had 17s ran out 4-0 winners at Cabotini we were, we were we were practicing beforehand your best mate Gare Dunster so as soon as you did the messages came flooding in saying best of luck Gare me and me Cole I, I was actually practicing it because I knew it was going to me and me Cole got a hat-trick in the game and the other goal came from Evan Carfrey so we actually went to the effort of getting him to pronounce himself <laughs> so we might as well do it on the show hold on let me get it up so we're going to let Dunster give his pronunciation for us and then we're going to have the official one I'm going to say it's Cole Omar Hyman. So here is the actual. Actually, Prof, you give it a go. No. Smart. Omar Hyman. Again? Omar Hyman. Omar Hyman. That wasn't that far off. Amara, yeah, so the H I O in it is a Hyo. So Omar Hyman. It's not that bad. Let's go again. Omar Hyman. Again? Omar Hyman. Omar Hyman. Omar Hyman. We've got it now. Got it now. Yeah, sorry. You know I'm going to get it wrong next week. <laughs> so, uh, a hat-trick from a full-back. Three headers from three corners, bro. 
and um, the 15s. They managed by Thomas Morgan and Desi Baker. They've got their campaign off to a great start with a 5 0 home win against Cabo. Michael Leddy Hattrick and goals from Dapo, Abedogi, and Eric Abedori. So um, we don't have the Tortines result, result yet. They're playing at home to Cabo. So is that the way it's going to be now with the Tortines 15s, 17s, 19s? Is it going to be against the same team? All across the board. Not this weekend. No. Two different teams. No. Was it not all Cabo? It was all Cabo this time, yeah. I think th- I thought that might make sense, wouldn't it, to make them all play each other on the same... On the same mm. But they probably don't have the pitches, do they? As regards to time slots yeah. and things like that, that could be a problem. And um, the fixtures are as follows. All games on Saturday are, as things stands, the 19s play Wexford, 2 o'clock, kick-off in Tallaght. 17s are away to Wexford at the exact same time. 15s play Bray, 3pm at the Rollstone, and the 13s are away to Bray at 2 o'clock. So there's plenty of stuff going on at the moment with I, the Rollstone. I don't know if you saw it, there's a great, um, there's the Robert Goggins put up the gallery from the under-15s game yesterday. And the very last picture, it's uh, Desi Baker and Thomas Morgan. <laughs> and Desi Baker's trying to give Thomas Morgan a big a big kiss. Big kiss. <laughs> and like... Uh, Thomas Morgan's face, he's just got just this face of what, yeah. It's so funny looking. Scare away me. Yeah, so um, we have the Ireland 19s or Aaron Bulger as captain, and they've qualified for the Euros with a game to spare, and they seem to be quite handy. They have that young guy who has a full cap already with Afal Abbey. I thought he would have been the first team squad. Um, yeah, so great achievement to have young Aaron doing well and seems to be playing regularly for the 23s as well you've a bit of a link to Carl don't you yeah I have a few friends I have a few friends over in Portal now I haven't been over in a while but I actually there's actually if you're if you're as sad as me <laughs> you can actually you can actually uh, sign up to Cardiff City TV for free and watch, really? and watch the under 23 games no way. yeah so what I wouldn't mind that so I've, I've watched the couple I've watched them play a couple of times how's he been he's been great he's kind of playing the sitting role in front of the, front of the couple of games just stroking balls just around. sitting in front of the back four like and I, like all you can really say is that he doesn't look out of place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he looks like he belongs. And what do you reckon that a standard is a step up, step down? It's, it's kind of hard for me. I think it's hard. To, I'm still trying to get my head around the understanding about a League of Ireland player going on loan to a Premier League club. It's it's a strange. <laughs> but I kind of get the impression that maybe he wasn't going to get much game time at Rovers. And I don't know whether. My, my opinion is that I reckon they were interested. Yeah. Probably weren't prepared to buy him. I think it might be a loan disguised as a trial, you could yeah, say. That's what, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that would be my thinking on it as well. But yeah. that's, right, so we've Stephen who's just arrived and uh, we're just going to talk about the fourth division. He's going to get clocked by <laughs> a bottle. He's going to look at it. Stephen's wrecking the place. He's getting forced tackle in here. <laughs> Put down a marker. Sure, sure, sure. No, you're there. No, you're there. Right, uh, we're talking about the, the force divisions. Well, how mental it's mental every year though. It's not as if it's we don't know it's a mad division. Like it's constantly mm. being like this every year. So Stephen, you got out of there once, didn't you? But Longford. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a uh, slog, isn't it? It is a slog, and I suppose we we were in a similar scenario to shells are in now. Whereas I suppose they've invested heavily, and the expectation mm. is to is to win the league. Uh, and we were in that scenario when myself, Linny, and Sully joined. It's a tough league. It's, it is a tough league, it's not pretty, but it's not easy to get out of either. It's not as straightforward as just investing and winning, you know. Um, so I think it's going to be very tight, and I think Longford are, are going to be really push shells this year. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's, I do. It, it's much more of a younger, it's much more of a developed, 
much more like of a development league now. But player, I think the the age profile of players is much younger as well. So mm. I think teams are f- like fit and well set up and well drilled. It's a good thing though. I mean, yeah. I think we are missing a league as well. Though I think the likes of the A Championship, I think they need to bring something back. There needs to be a gap or some somewhere to kind of insert players who like the likes of. They give an example, Sam Bond or. Dean, Dean, Williams. Dean, Dean Williams. Dean Williams. Dean Williams. When's the last time Dean Dillon played a game of football? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the type of thing I'd be looking at. Look at the three leading teams so far. Shelburne, Bray, Atlone. They've all lost twice already. Yeah, Shelburne beaten 2-1 in Cove, was it? Yeah. Only Longford are unbeaten. Everybody's won at least twice. Mm. Oh, sorry, everybody has won a game. Eight of the ten teams have won at least twice. Just bizarre. I don't. I don't think you look too pa- too much yeah. past shells. I mean, Kieran Kildare, Luke Bourne, said they had. They've some good Conan players. Bourne. Yeah, Conor Bourne. I mean, I think business end of the season they'd be in the round there. But uh, Borky scored his first goal for Gillingham on Saturday. Was it his first or was it second? Yeah, Maloney thinks I, I thought yeah. it was his first as yeah, well. First, yeah. And uh, so congrats to Borky and the Gibraltar game. Uh, not much of a talk, not much oh, talk about the worst game of football I've ever watched. How can an international game be played on Astro Tour? I don't, I don't it's think it should be. With, with airplanes in the I, background. Oh yeah, it was great like, scenery. It's like, it's like the AUL. <laughs> but I don't, personally, I don't think it should be played on. No game of that calibre should be played on, on a plastic pitch. I mean, that's the way I feel about it. Um, and Stevens finally replaced Steve Moore at full back, and this he's what, 28 now. 28 how many has he got double <laughs> double figures in caps I don't think so no. he, he should have been in there a long time now. ago mm. and like you said there's a bunch of teachers and postmen and he nearly got a result no be respectful Gary bunch of teachers and post persons post people <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jack O'Bourne made a good impression on the media as well shaking everybody's hands in the room so he was working the room and uh, he, he gave a good impression so good to see Jack uh, apparently beforehand O'Neill clashed with him so I heard. Thought he was a bit of a Charlie. So I don't know how true that was, but that listen, that's that's what we were told. But he apparently there was a, there was a clash of personalities with him on O'Neill. And um, yeah, so we're gonna move on quickly, and we'll get Royce. We're gonna start grilling Royce soon. We have Dunsters. We always get the person next to us to give the starting eleven and predictions for UCD. So give us your formation. Uh, starting eleven. Yeah. Starting eleven, I think, I think, I think Jack's obviously going to go straight back in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go. Obviously, Alan Manis, uh, Trevor Clark, Lee Grace, Pico, Joey, uh, Jack Bourne. What? Going to drop thinner. You're going to drop thinner. Going to drop thinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, Grace captain. Yeah, Grace captain. Yeah. But what? Uh, Aaron McNeff Greg Bulger when is that now? That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I keep Danny Carr-Greener Danny Carr-Greener yeah yeah that's pretty much it yeah yeah now we'll be, we'll be diplomatic and we'll skip you with this one Royce because we know you're part of the, the background team so. <laughs> Aiden, Aiden Price just flatly did anyone do well did anyone do it before? No. I don't think it was not a current no no, no uh, current backroom back team no. did it we couldn't do that yeah. <laughs> oh, so as we said we were just continuing on now and Royce is in the building he's green he's white and he knows that bows are shy it's Stephen Royce what do you think of the place this is our little uh, abode what do you think Royce yeah it looks really well fair play do you recognise the seat on the wall recognise the seat on the wall that was fucked at us by a PSNI officer <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in, in Linfield <laughs> and that was that was one there's the Twiggy the 2-1 the signed photograph from Twiggy the very first derby with Del Piero on the wall we're going to get you the sign that actually we'll continue on I'll get you to do it now actually 
and we're going to get Reuters signature on it. We've Mark Kenny on it. We have, I don't know, Neil. We've Noel Sinnott. We've. Who else we got, Prof? We have Derek Tracy. The gaff. I think he's done that before. <laughs> we've, the, we've the gaff, we've, we've all sorts on it, so that's officially done. And so, yeah, you had your UEFA Elite Youth A license graduation November. Congratulations. Thanks. So, tell us a bit about it. Anyone famous on the course with you or anything like that? Because I think I know it was him, Keith Fatty was telling me that he was on a course with uh, Carvalho, Ricardo Carvalho there recently. Right, okay. So, was it anything like that? It was the first one, the first time they ran it within Ireland, um, and basically it's it's an A license for working with young players. That's basically what it is. Uh, there was a lot of Irish lads on it, so you would have had like say Gerald Bryan and stuff, a yeah. lot of ex league Ireland players on it. Gerald Bryan and a lot of lads who were working. Robbo was on it at the time as well. So it's really a license for academy directors and oh, and right. youth coaches, and it's going to be a requirement. So that would be a different direction as regards to coaching first team football, would it? Yeah, it's it's kind of going to be a requirement as of next year for all the national league clubs that they that any academy director, anyone in a in a, I suppose that that academy role has to as part of the license and that they have to have this qualification. Um, it kind so of separates the. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it separates kind of the the, the message from the from the serious yeah, guys yeah, really, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've stepped up from the under 17s to coach the under 19s. So how are you getting on? How are you loving it at the moment? Are you yeah, loving it? Yeah, yeah. No, look, it's it's as I said, you're moving up with with all the players. You're working with all the players. From my point of view, we've worked with with all the ages now, from from 13s up. So uh, it's the next natural step. Uh, it's certainly different in that they're older, so they're they're all young men now, and that's a different challenge as a coach. And is that as regards to I mean, 19s? You're <clears> talking about trouble with women. They could be getting introduced to, to alcohol and things like that. Is are you dealing with egos as well? Are you able to rein them in? Well, that's why Flinny had to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so because they are getting the idea. No, look, they're look the the positive about about this group of 19s. Um, is that we've they've been with us for probably they've been with myself Keith Pajo Graham for the last two years um, so the majority we would have had at some point over the last two years and we've probably added just one or two so they understand what's the, the expectations on them uh, they understand the expectations from the club and so they know what it is to play for Rovers pretty much yeah, yeah so the idea is you know we're not it shouldn't be a thing where we're I suppose having to try to stop them going out or they should know if they're serious about being a footballer they've got to make the right decision on those things From your perspective do you think there's slightly more pressure on you this year because obviously there's, there's an expectation for players to step up from the 19s mm-hmm. into the first team and maybe not from the 17s mm-hmm. do you feel there's extra pressure on you as the under 19s manager that maybe wasn't there with the to under 17s to maybe produce a bit of a, a diamond yeah. in the roughie yeah, yeah, or yeah, someone yeah. for the well, well, not really. Because team. it's again, we're all about developing individuals, like you know, um, and it's you know because ultimately that's what we're doing. We're developing probably this all this group three or four might break through, hopefully more. But that's being realistic about it in terms of the manager understands what what we're doing, um, and obviously the first team have a set squad. Uh, it's up to the boys in air group uh, to push the first teamers and they can only do that by their performances in the 19s mm-hmm. and if they get opportunities like Dara Nugent and Thomas Alou was on the bench on Open Fair Harps on Friday night and they had fantastic opportunities in pre-season to do that as well in the double games on the Saturdays so in terms of a pressure absolutely not uh, it's their job to develop the individuals 
but ultimately it's up to them then to drive the force team. The key thing is that we're moulding these players into Shamrock Rovers players and the best that we can do with them. If they play in the force team, it's fantastic and yes, we want as many of them to go up as possible. But it's also key that they have a career even if it's not here at Rovers and that we're developing young people, proper young men uh, to act in a certain way and give them values that they can take outside of the game. If it's at Lone, if it's Crumlin United, if it's wherever they end up playing, that they learn skills and develop values that, they, that they'll stick, stick with them forever. And in saying that as well, I mean, if you look at the track record as well, it's not as if they're going to look in and say, OK, well, geez, nobody gets in. Look at Dean Williams. Look at Dean Dillon. Look at Brandon Cavanagh. Look at Trevor Clark. All these players came through from the 19s and go up. It's not as if they're looking and think, oh, no one ever get, kind of breaks through. They do. They break through. They play. And I mean, Bazuna is another one. So you're looking at the, these guys are looking at it and think, we have every chance in the world. If we put our head down and get stuck in and put in some good performances, we have every chance in the world. Bradzer will do it. He's shown that he'll trust them. Yeah, yeah he'll trust them. So, um, yeah, so it was at this point, start of the season for the 19s against Cork. He did depleted squad due to illness and injuries. And you came back with two good wins against Kerry and Cabantini. So it's on to the next one. Yeah, as I said, it's for us, um, good results and stuff. But we're, we're about the performance with the boys and it's up to the boys to perform. And uh, The start was disappointing, it's depleted, but it was also an opportunity for other boys to come in, you know. Um, but certainly the last two games, the performances have improved. And yeah, so I think we, we've got Wexford next now. So another tough, tough game. But again, another opportunity for the boys to impress. Yeah. That game against Cork, was that the first time you had a game on the grass pitch yeah, at Hostel? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was the first time we've had it and there was I think there was there was a couple there was a lot of games on that day and I think um I don't I don't know, yeah, we ended up on the grass anyway, so um, right. And you prefer that obviously, would you? On the grass? Yeah. Yeah, well absolutely like I mean you, you football is, is for grass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, but obviously talking about Astros and stuff the realism is where the game is going and the way the weather is now we're going to see more and more Astros and the boys are training on Astro every single week so you know it's a it is a different game though isn't it it's a di- yeah yeah it? it is diff- it is Ace a different boys as well. yeah, yeah yeah the ball the, the run of the ball and stuff is very different but, uh, but yeah look it's you're going to go it's a it's really good quality surface in Roadstone though. The, the pitch is really really good um, but it's also not bad for the lads to go to really poor pitches and play on really, really poor pitches that aren't good at all because that's part of their education, you know. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. The one that I was, I remember we played Dundalk a few years ago, but before they got the, the new pigeon, mm. well, before they got the new, new pigeon. And I remember it, there was a break in the play, and it was like one of our players ran over to the bench to ask for water. Mm-hmm. And you could see by the way it was thrown, it was a full, it was a full thing of water. Yeah. And you would have expected it to drop dead. But it actually bounced up and hit the player on the knee. And it was just like, the, it, it, it did the last thing you expected mm. it to do. Like, so it, it, is, it is like watching, like, particularly I think, I don't even if I can focus in on audio, but it's like watching oh, different sports. Let's there. focus in. Yeah. To me, it always, looks, it always looks like a carpet that hasn't yeah. been tacked down properly. Mm. Like, it just, oh, it's just the only The only thing about now is young players now. They're used to it. It's second nature. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It is. Like, uh, you look at any club now, the majority of clubs are training on Astro. You know, we're lucky now, even the, the first team, we're first team have to, to have that grass pitch, but the majority of young players now coming through have spent their life training on Astro. Um, so they're a lot more used to it than what we would have been playing. Yeah, yeah. That, like, you know. So we're going to play a bit of word association now, right? So we're going to call out every player in your squad 
and you're going to give us one word that sums up their personality on or off the pitch. So, so Prophet with ahead. the goalkeepers. So, Keen Clark. Mature. <laughs> and the other goalkeeper, Shane O'Rourke. Uh, talker. <laughs> uh, defenders, James Furlong. Quiet kid. Darren Prendergast. Quiet kid. <laughs> we don't get a lot of talkers. <laughs> uh, Eric Abudu. Eric. You on the spot? He's there a while now. Eric's, Eric's at the club a long time, yeah. Uh, say, Eric. I'd say leggy. <laughs> That's what you see when, when I look Pace. at him. Pacey. Pacey. Andrew Spain. Composed. Martin's Olicanye. Uh, ultra composed. <laughs> Adam O'Connor. Aggressive. Mm. Okay, so we're going to move on to midfielders now, and we have Dara Nugent. Dara. Uh, what way do you want me to describe these lads? <laughs> what do you think? First way that comes, you can say. It can be x rayed if you want. No, no, no. It's, 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 anything. It's on anything. the pitch or off the pitch. It's, ah, it's both. Yeah, whatever, it's, whatever you it's want. Playing style. Whatever you feel is best. Uh, creative. Creative. Oh, that's cool. Jordan Carroll. Jordan Carroll. Uh, Stylish. Jordan Talon. Scar Cracker. Yesterday, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, really good finish. Uh, Jordo is industrious. Jack Kelly. Quick. Evan Smithers. Excellent. <laughs> uh, strikers, Luke Kelly. Hold on, you got to give a woofer Smithers. That was excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, okay. <laughs> what would you say though? What would you say, would you Composed. Uh, Luke Kelly. Skillful. Thomas Olua. Loud. <laughs> very, very loud. <laughs> <laughs> Danila Bogdanov. Goals. Goals, yeah. We, the amount of times that we've talked about him. Uh, C block Dino Williams Dino Fox in the box Fox in the box see his header against uh, Cove that was a crack super Jesus. glancing super header goal. super goal very twig esque I thought and the coach and staff a bit of crack with this we're, oh, I tell you what we're going to throw one in on this we're going to give you Paggio Paggio <laughs> Flynn friend of the show give me a second to think about that one. we'll leave that to last right Keith O'Halloran deep Eric Dorkin. Eric Friendly. Pat Deans. Deansy. Uh, you can be cruel if you want. Ah no, Jesus, no, I'm not Deansy. I would say discipline. Graham Bias. Graham organised. And back to Pajo. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> we did this game before with Paggio when he was on the show because right. when he was 17s uh, part right. of the coaching right. staff and you were manager at the time and he described one of them as dumb <laughs> and then later he texted me and said actually can you edit it out because his dad will kill me 
Jeez, well, I've had a, had a drink like 10 cans, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were sitting there kind of struggling to keep the show together. probably before he got here. Yeah. <laughs> and Paddy was fucking hyper. We were like, oh, just can't just end, end the show. <laughs> but uh, he's no longer involved. Uh, but I tell you what I will say about Pajo. Pajo is actually a part we've we formed like you could say a committee a match day mm. committee to kind of help attendances and promotion mm. I think Flair's involved like Pajo's involved he's coming around doing leaflets with us and he's right but he's not involved in the football side of things anymore no he, he had to um, obviously uh, his missus had another, another yeah he was showing me the new car and all he was getting the saloon and all lovely little girl so congratulations to them uh, but yeah look I mean Pajo has been with us for two years. I wanted him to come in at the start. I knew he was retiring from Longford and I was looking for someone to come in and particularly for me, he's one of the best, the most underrated defenders when I, who I played with and uh, I wanted him to come in and work with the defenders within the squad and he came in, never coached before and took to a like a duck to water. Yeah. The lads love him. He's, he's brilliant for the lads but his he's absolutely excelled at coaching in terms of uh, his understanding and his 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 coaching kind of methods and how he does it and I think he's he's a uh, he's one that we need to try and get back. At yeah, some I point, think so as well. Uh, yeah. Within the club and we we will try that. But yeah, so that's why he had to step away. It was have you got uh, your best Pathlin story? First thing that comes to mind. Me. Yeah. You say what you want. It can <laughs> be. Couldn't be on air. <laughs> best Flynny story. Funny I think enough. the best one, the, no, probably the one that comes to mind straight away and, and uh, was the one we were Sligo home toward the end of the season. We were we were challenging them for the league. Do you remember 1-0 up with about 10 minutes to go and I think Sully got sent Sully off, got sent off yeah, for yeah. building the ball or kicking the ball away twice or something. It's not like him, it? um, <laughs> something along those lines and uh, we were on, we were down to 10 men, we were hanging on 1-0 and Jim was there and Michael and you know we are going on right back or whatever and he's and, uh, <laughs> and he's about to walk onto the pitch and kind of Jim grabbed him and says whatever you do don't get sent off stay on your feet you know and of course they had a throwing I think and it broke and it broke the other side and came back to Paggio's side to switch the play and Paggio of course came in right at the door <laughs> bang <laughs> cleans your man up the air straight red straight red lost 2-1 like you know and you could see and you could just see him like he said he'd, he'd come on I would say it was no more than about three minutes after, after Jim saying that to him he's just walking down past him he said I didn't want to look up got into the change room and uh, he, uh, we lost we, I think we lost 2-1 I think Alan Doyle might have scored late against us and lost 2-1 and got into the change room I always remember Michael saying something in my says he says, look, we'll be as well off putting Hannibal Lecter on the pitch instead of the Yeah, so that's one that stands out for me. He's, like, oh, he's only on two or three minutes. He's some man. <laughs> he really is. So, um, the Rosestone Project, we're going to talk about the daily routine at the Academy mm. and uh, what you believe in the project so much. Now, I've, ex- I've experienced this because you were involved with Esker as well, weren't you? Uh, well, no, I'm the development officer for Luke. In Luke, and I've seen so. you up there once or twice. So, um, my young lad is with Esker and I've played rollers a couple of times and just even like we were up there I think it was 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning and Glenn and Brads were coaching doing the tens so they were getting stuck in they were coaching and they tanked us like it's it's scary how good rollers are at that level so I mean do you believe in the project that's going on at the Rollstone? Yeah I wouldn't be within it if I didn't believe in it Um, 
I think it's building. It's I think Shane has built it, you know, over the last three years, four years, um, and the club have backed it and built it. And I think I think you're already starting to see fruition from that. Yeah. Like with you know, with, with you look at the first team squad, you look at Dino, um, really really high potential. Uh, you look at obviously Brando now in the twenty ones. Players coming through, Gav's moved on. Um, you're starting to see fruition, probably a lot quicker than probably we envisaged yeah. the amount. But that's also a testament to the to the manager and that he's willing to give them a chance, as you just said. Like you know, he's willing to throw them in. Um, but I think when you look at that age group, particularly from looking at twelves down, those players are the players that have came through from the start. In the sense that they they've really they're the ones I can't wait to see the ones who have been from the from the would that be our get go. Pretty much the team going into under thirteens this year. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that group. They've been yeah, there since academy level. Yeah, a lot of those players have been there from from the start. From going, so they've been in within the club from seven eight years of age, and with the, with the exception one or two get added, of course. Um, but particularly from that is is going to be exciting. But it, also you look at the 15s, 17s, and nineteens. Now, over the next three to four years, they are going to be the groups that are going to affect the first team. I think, and there's a lot of internationals winning within the three squads which is exciting as well so in terms of the project itself it's it's working well but again you know uh, it's it's from top to bottom you know from the work going on with the with the academy on a, on a Saturday morning Keith O'Halloran was, was heavily involved in that over the last few years helping Shane getting up and running to right up to the 19s and it, it's it's uh, it's definitely going to get stronger and stronger It's fantastic facilities and resources available to you guys available, the way you can record the training sessions, every player can watch back his own training mm. session and individual performance at mm. Rosedale. Mm. Yeah, that's what we do. The, the players, um, they have access and we try to also instill that in the players that they understand the importance of, um, I suppose, self-evaluation and, and evaluating themselves because we never had the chance to do it as players. And there's nothing more powerful than watching yourself and going, what was I doing? What you was know, I there, yeah. What was I, th- what was I thinking? You know, um, but to have that too, because there's not many other clubs have it. Like you know, if any, I know uh, some clubs record the games and stuff. But uh, we do it religiously. Every single game is recorded for the players. We've access to some of the training sessions as well. We post all the training sessions for them, um, which allows them to understand why we did what we did during the week and bringing it into the game the weekend. Keeps it fresh in their mind as well. Yeah, it's it's the it's the best way to learn. Um, so, for example, this morning I'm watching air game from yesterday, and uh, boy, three o'clock tomorrow, the players will have all sent in six clips from the game that they'll have identified as three areas they need to improve and three areas that they done well. But it's all based off their their learning plan, which they're oh, working yeah. off. Like you know, so that's something that by three o'clock tomorrow we'll have whatever fifteen clips sent to me by each player. And they'll know on the clips as it happens. They'll put the arrows in. They'll put the notes in on so the it's homework. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so they'll do that, and they'll also have their training logbooks. Or their, sorry, their game day reflection logbooks. Where they they'll send that to us tomorrow as well, which analyzes themselves, written tactically to write out the systems. Who played what? What did we play? What did they play? Make sure they know what they're doing. It's, it's all about them understanding yeah. the game, and I think um, that understanding you're going to find we'll have a lot more coaches as well. One little thing that impressed me one time I was out in, <coughs> out in Rosedown, it was the day the, the, the five aside, the lads ran a five aside yeah, out yeah, there, and it was brilliant. And uh, I think the under 12s had played Kevin's that morning. Mm. And I think we played they, them, we played Rovers that morning. They and I think, I, I think the under 12, I think they won the league that morning, they beat Kevin's to mm. win the league. 
Tony O'Dell's team. <coughs> yeah, and well, basically we were, we were allowed to use the dressing rooms to get changed. And we went in and there was like on the door of the dressing room was like a way dressing room. Mm. Uh, St. Kevin's under 12s with the St. Kevin's crest, crest on it. And it was just like little things like that. Little it's just touch, little, yeah. it's just like so professional. Mm. Like it just it doesn't matter that's the under twelves. Mm. We do things right, and mm. it's it, like I know it's a silly little thing, but I found that really really impressive. That that level of detail is looked at. That you, yeah, I think that's what's going to take us to the next level. And I think the importance of understanding our eights are just as important as our nineteens. You know, there's no. The, the 10s and the 12s and all the way up there's no team are more important than any because of their age because all these players we believe are going to play a part long term in the club so no one gets priority there's no set on everyone's treated equally which is like that if Kevin's come at under 11s if Esker if Luke and United anyone comes that's the way it's done mm. because it's it's the right way to do it yeah. and we know you're a big supporter of what, being, of what is being done as well those are the Rollstone aren't you? yeah like I've always kind of Kind of like going out watch the where when it was just the seventeens and the nineteens like on a Saturday afternoon mm. I'm kind of, I can either sit in the telly and watch Sky Sports news or I can go out and watch a game of ball so I tend to go out and watch a game of ball like and yeah I think it's been hugely hugely impressive like what's been done that I think as you said like the pace at which it's been done mm. even not even about like players moving on but I think how quickly the club has got in the DDSL how quickly we've got like exactly. you look at every top division the DDSL. Shamrock Rovers are in the top three in every you top can judge division in the DDSL. Like as regards to how much hate there is towards <laughs> Rovers yeah, and the DDSL, yeah. and I tell you what, there's a lot. There's a lot, and I think that's a good way of judging success. Yeah. But um, so Stephen, everything you just described about the facilities about Rosetown, it's a far cry from your days at Coventry when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, just when I went to fifteen and. Uh, I suppose they would have had facilities because they were a Premiership club at the time. But in terms of the the training, the coaching, the, the, the you know the methods behind the the video stuff, very rare you'd even do that. And they were a Premier League club at the time. Um, but when we come back then, even we would be at Rovers. We started out in Sacred Heart. We were training, you know, moved to Johnstown. So it's it's just to have. I just think to have a sense of identity, a place to go. The players know that's their place. We go there, you know, the staff know, yeah, all totally the coaches. Agree with that, yeah. You know, gives, and it's so close to Tallaght, like it's so close to the stadium. It gives that real sense of this is ours, this is our, this is our place. Whereas before, when I was with the first team, whether it be with, with Pat or with Michael, you know, we couldn't always moving around and trying the facilities, and you never really felt like you owned the place, like you know, and um, having that there is is going to be invaluable for the next how many years. Will be long gone, and the the value of that will still be will, will be will be the club will be reaping the rewards of it. Um, but it, particularly the sense of identity and ownership and being around close to talent, I don't think you can you can rival that. And I think it's up to the others now to follow suit. Like as I said, like to go to, to go to training on a Saturday morning, and there's Joey O'Brien, that's mm-hmm. now Cavanagh and Jack Bourne, and like you're around. You're around pros from a very young. Yeah, like it must be just amazing for like it's a great environment for kids to develop and to grow mm. up in them. The likes of Brad's are everybody. They know all the kids' names. Yourself, Mm. like even Keith. I like even I. It's probably someone who, as you said earlier, like someone who probably doesn't get as much as the run. But I haven't Keith O'Halloran like playing how many games for Middlesbrough. And for Keith, Ireland, they're really Keith. Keith would have made his debut at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, um, like, you know, Keith is, and for me, one of the 
you know, a really, really good coach and a really, you know, really, really top coach. Um, but his career was it's like yeah. You know, he came back to Rovers at the wrong time, probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had injury and um, probably not a great time with yeah, everything was going on that year yeah, and yeah. stuff. But um, you know, he's he's he was an excellent player, like you know, and um, as a coach, he's top draw, like you yeah. know. So a bit of background on yourself, uh, Donster. We interviewed you before mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and you said that your dad's from Crumlin. Yeah. And Stone you used, Road, to, yeah. used to live next door to the Wilson family yeah, on yeah. Stone Road, yeah. Yeah, my dad went to his first game on Jack Wilson's crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm going to say that's probably in the late 40s maybe, yeah. So my dad's still a member, still a season ticket holder, still going to Tala, yeah. Tala, yeah so. You started going to Milltown in 1983, I think. 83, 84, yeah, 83, 84 season. Yeah, it was going to, and I think I said this the last time as well, my brother always going to, my I think my dad started bringing him in the 70s when Mick Megan was the manager and Rovers were awful and didn't win at him. 70s was tired, wasn't it? <laughs> as soon as dad started bringing me to his he said, you got, you got put in and I was like, four in a row, three cups. And so he says, spoiled. <laughs> yeah. spoiled. And I think you heard the show we did in January about the struggles to build Tallis Stadium and uh, we explained to Roy, so we did, it was like a documentary style show where we had Wacker Cairns and we had um, Robert Goggins in with us, and they just pretty. We, we did a timeline of the struggles to get to Tala, and you can make a movie over. Mm. And um, what was it like as a fan to wait so long for it? I mean, you were there for the whole thing, so. Yeah, it was like I remember the thing, I know Joe Caldwell passed away recently, but I remember mm. games in Santry where Joe Caldwell making really, really big pushes, and it, 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 at that time it just felt like it was just around the corner. Mm. Like it really felt like it was just around the corner. We didn't know it was still 10, 10, 12 years away. Like, and like it just, uh, yeah, it was just like, it just felt like then it was never going to happen. But I think, I think once 2005, after when we came out of examinership and the fans had taken over the club, you just kind of knew the club was in better hands and the people making decisions there were ones making it in the best room. So, in the best interest of the club and there weren't people who were only getting involved because there might have been a bit of land there or whatever that's like, what it was mm-hmm. yeah so I mean even the fact that the, the 12 acres were split into 4 and 8 as well you yeah, know yeah like, but like it was just it was all funny listening to that one like all those words you hadn't heard in ages like Branford Sloan Park yeah <laughs> Connor Clarks and like all these people like that at the time were and just I haven't heard like they just feel like ancient history at this point <laughs> Did you see that tweet from McDermott Ferris recently where uh, we, we cover all Tala time and our, our old publishers found a couple of boxes of the book left over in their offices so they sent it to McDermott's office and it arrived on the exact day of the 10th anniversary of Tala oh, Stadium. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13th of March. So you remember like the opening chapter of that book was about all the, the mm. road to talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like Derry interviewed both of you guys for the book, so mm. got a few quotes from her throughout the show. And um, we haven't got to the high courts in the Thomas Davis section of our podcast specials yet, but you did say that when you were interviewed in Tala Time, it got very personal and you've no time for the GAA since then. And I'm very aware now of the language the GAA use of the way they try to present themselves as the protectors of what it really means to be Irish. To me, Shamrock Rovers is as Irish as it gets. I love that quote. Um, <laughs> I love that quote. I, I totally understand where you're coming from as regards to that because they did put all their weight yeah. behind Thomas Davis. I'm not, I'm not, tried to bury us. Yeah, I'm not mm. as angry as I was when, when that quote came out. Yeah. But, but like, to be honest, like, there's so many Rovers fans go, like, we're 
maybe five, six years ago. There's so many Rovers fans that go to the GAA now where I would have been. But now it's whatever. Mm. What, you, you go, it's past, we won't. Like yeah, get on with it, but like, yeah. but I still like I wouldn't, I still wouldn't go to Pro Park or go to, even though like if you, the, the odd thing now you get to invite to a family thing and I like, know oh, where's that on, I mean is that on blah blah blah, the club Parnell, and it's like, like, and like oh, what? I'll bring a bag of cans, yeah, not <laughs> <laughs> a penny in the bar, <laughs> just won't give the money. Yeah. <laughs> so Stephen, after four years at Bowes, you signed with Pat Scully in November two thousand seven. A few months after turning down, moved to Stockport County. So talk about uh, how that move came about. Uh, well, I was I was leaving Bowes um, at the time. Obviously, I was I was gonna leave, and it was made clear that I was gonna leave probably halfway through that season. And uh, just on the deadline day, on Stockport, uh, Jim Gannon, Jim Gannon was yeah. at Stockport. Yeah, it was Jim and actually Stephen Kenny from was at Dunfermline at the time as well. And it was it was either go to one of them or kind of look to stay here in Ireland and. Um, Kind of the last part of the season with Bowles was just kind of getting through it. I haven't already then. Pat contacted me. Um, I spoke to Pat, uh, had a chat with him, and look, I'm from Crumlin, so you know, I knew how big Rovers were. I knew, and from the stick I used to get when I played against him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, I was Crumlin lads, you know, any lads I went to school with, you know, it was big Rovers following. Um, so once Pat rang and it was it was, a, it was a no-brainer really and you know I didn't think moving to Stockport or to Dunfermline was I, I didn't think it was any bigger than coming to Rovers and when he pitched it to you did he talk about Tyler? no well no uh, it wasn't it was it wasn't a conversation and even for me I wasn't coming on the promise of Tala like I didn't want it to be I'm coming because Tala is definitely happening because I knew in the past there'd been so many knockbacks and so yeah, many yeah, yeah. oh it's coming it's coming and all like showing plans managers meeting players with plans and stuff and I wanted to come because the club I was aware of it and it was a it's a huge club and uh, that was only the only conversation really uh, with Pat it was never about Tala um, and we didn't speak about it and um, midway through the year you were placed on a transfer list mm. at your own request so tell us what happened yeah well again look it was uh, I said a difficult scenario with, with Pat um and reflecting on it now, I suppose when you look back now, and uh, as a as as a player, and now as a coach and as a manager myself, um, it was a it was a tough time uh, in the sense that there was some things that I felt could have been dealt with better. Um, and the bottom line was I wasn't playing, and I wasn't even on the bench. And I think I went up with the reserves at the time, the twenty ones, up to Derry. Uh, which was four hours and I was on the bench. Uh, so I think after that then it was very clear that Pat was telling me what he needed to tell me without telling me. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm sitting in the stand and uh, as I said, I couldn't help the team and, and I just felt that, you know, it was it, I wasn't being of benefit to the club because I wasn't doing what I was being paid to do. Um, and for myself, I just wanted to play. So I felt that the right thing to do at that time was to, was to do that. And it wasn't that with you that I wanted to do it. It was that I felt it was... You just wanted to play ball? I had to do it. It wasn't something that I wanted to leave the club. I made that clear when I was making it that it wasn't something that I wanted. I didn't certainly didn't want to leave the club and it was nothing to do with the club itself. But I, as I said, I had to make a decision. A few people did messages now when you we heard you're coming to the show. They wanted to know about the fallout mm. with uh, Pascoli. But you're saying lack of first-team football was the root of the cause then? Yeah, look, there was look, there was obviously incidents with Pat. It's a long time ago now. There was 
specific incidents that led to the to the fallout around you know um, um, an injury that I had and then you know and different things and that led to a fallout and you know for me you know you fall out with people in football every day of the week you know but you can't hold it it's it's gone and we're all here to do a job and I suppose people deal with things differently and some people do hold on to things and you know it's it's not my way I just wanted to play that was it and if I wasn't going to be allowed to play here I wasn't if I was fit ready to play and not been in the in the in the, in the 18 there's no divine right to be any starting 11 but not to be in the 18 and sitting in the stand um, was a message to me and that was obviously but certainly there was incidents things how I dealt with um, was the root of the problem like you know um, yeah without getting into too much detail because as I said it's in the past but um, it was when I wanted to leave it wasn't due to wanting to leave the football club it was down to certain incidents that happened mm. so uh, Paul we had our AGM and Tala before the season and there was still work when finishing off the steps do you remember this? what? There was, uh, the AGM was in Tala just before the start of the season mm. in um, 2009 2009 yeah. yeah and they were still finishing off the steps yeah they were still finishing off the steps the night of the game. <laughs> there was yeah. still work going yeah. on. The change was yeah. 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 really had yeah. to yeah. lash it through, yeah. didn't they? That's what I always remember uh, Noel Bourne. Like me, I was sitting with my dad and like some of me, the rest of me extended family. And I remember Noel Bourne coming over to me going, Don't start. We've no see for the Lord Mayor. <laughs> Which I'm telling, would you mind giving up? I was like, Twenty-three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not giving up my seat for anyone. <laughs> Michael B wouldn't even get it. <laughs> and uh, Paul, when you heard Michael O'Neill's name be linked with us, I believe you started watching out for for Brecon City's results. And you know, some fella named Gary Twig was scoring a few goals. I did, yeah. I, I, I'm a I even do that now like all the rumours well, I'm automatically like on the message boards and seeing what people are saying or whatever but uh, yeah it, it was it kind of it was a name that came out of left field obviously you kind of whether it's Maloney Leaks or whatever you're gonna you get, uh-huh. yeah, you get your rumours and you hear the name comes up and you're just like geez that's out of left field like mm-hmm. so it was not, like obviously I knew who Michael O'Neill was but I, I wouldn't have thought of him as a manager I knew he'd like play for Newcastle and whatever and he played for the North but yeah, so I would have could have looked up but uh but I always remember going down to uh Atlone, who I think was the first friendly that season. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Gary Steve. and Gary Twig's guard and everything. Was it, I think it was Bermo or Shawnee O'Connor I, with it? I, I think it might have been Bermo. Bermo was it? Yeah. I think it was Bermo. Did yeah. you not get two that day? No, it was No, he's definitely he was the one it I, was someone I tell you what, I remember. It was two 0 I think, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was two one. Definitely, yeah, two one. I can't remember who got the other one, but I just remember, like, just just the minute that goal went in, you could see everyone in the stand going, "Have a player here!" Oh yeah. Uh, do you remember Twiggy's first training session? Yeah, Sacred Heart. Yeah, yeah Sacred Heart. The deal, yeah, because I think we don't cross the finishing. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was only one win at early. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, look straight. It was very evident straight away. Um, interestingly, though, I always remember in the our first game of the season in Tallaght was away to Bray oh, sorry the first game of that season was away to Bray yeah nil all nil all yeah. it was horrible <laughs> and uh, fucking hate the Carlos well. yeah I remember I remember like, we were terrible if I remember correctly and I know everyone was because we knew Tala was the following week yeah. Bumper, and everyone wanted to be in that team but Sean Michael could have picked anyone yeah. For the, yeah. For the, yeah. but there was so much I think in the Bray game not just because it was the first game of the season everyone knew if we play well I'm in yeah you yeah know, yeah we were terrible. We, I don't know whether that led to it. We were terrible. 
And I like I remember then like Twiggy was I think Twiggy was poor in that game as well. We were all terrible. Yeah. But I remember afterwards, Michael, you know, we cut off Twiggy after the game, like you know what I mean. And, uh, really, only in the door, and he had a no. Like I think it was he was cutting us all. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And he just you know because oh, you would have obviously had him like you know, and he had a, he had a go at him after the game. I remember Twiggy in the shower? He was in the shower in Bray. Me and him, he's just you could see him. He was almost thinking. After the break, what have I got myself in? <laughs> you know I mean? After that performance, he's probably looking at all of us going, what have I done? Like, you know? But obviously then it was, uh, so like I think that was, it was the, the following week, once he'd scored against Sligo, yeah. that was it. Like he was, you know, he, he was off and running. I remember you saying, even in training, he used to celebrate scoring yeah. as if it was a match. I'd like you know, we'd say it to Air Boys a lot and we worked with Dean Williams for, for a year or two as well and he loved scoring goals. See when the, there was a water break, He'd be finished, he'd be putting the ball in the net, the ball dropping out of the net. Just burying it. He'd run over, he'd ball and he'd just rolling outside the goal, he'd just sprint and finish it. Like, you know what <laughs> no I mean? one in the goal. No one in the goal. <laughs> just, just again, that fit, that, like, how much he loved hitting. Like, you know, he'd be on his own, but you just see a ball loose, he'd just go and put it in the net. Yeah. A ball a yard outside the line, he'd run and put it in the net. You know, not even playing games. And that was, it's just that. Hunger Do you know what I noticed as well? I mean, he's a Celtic season ticket holder, isn't he? Mm. And there's not that. There's not many. Like, he's a proper football fan, so he'd know what it's like for us going like up to Finn Harps and getting a late win. Whereas a lot of young lads don't know what that's like. I mean, how many regulars are there in Tallaght Stadium now from the actual 1970s and the 50s? Like, are they fans? You know what I mean? It's, it's hard mm. to kind of bring fans and then put them like for young footballers that aren't normally football fans in Ireland. Let's mm. be honest. And I think that's what made the difference with Twiggy, because he was well, he a real, with us. He was a real, yeah, we well, connected with the fans. Well, we loved him so much because he knew, like when he knew when he scored against Bowes, he's like, "Great, these are the rivals. I know what's like between the like, Celtic and Rangers was his big rivalry. Mm. I know what to do here." He took the piss whenever he scored <laughs> yeah, against Bowes. Yeah, the time when he scored the goal against Bowes, I think it was the three 0 It goes. I saw them yeah. <laughs> and I ran over <laughs> and then he ran off to us as well yeah. and then he got booked and, Ke- and then Ken was still in a knot Ken was still yeah. in a knot yeah. Ken was still in a knot someone was trying to untangle Ken yeah. in the corner did someone say I think I, that's another thing I don't know whether it's true where I think Carrie Twig had some part in Michael O'Neill signing Ken O'Man where he kind of said, I, 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 that's one of those things that he heard. He hated playing against him. That he hated yeah. playing against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. <laughs> and like you said, the opening game in Bray. Um, did Michael O'Neill pretty much say that you were all playing for your places in the first game of Tallaght? Yeah. If I remember Play correctly. Part in history, he yeah. As it. Look, it is, and it was. We knew how important it was, and I think that probably in some ways led to being such a poor performance. Yeah. <laughs> everyone wanted, you, we were almost over trying to do well, because you, you, like, you knew you were going to be a part of something that starting eleven, yeah. you know, was never gonna. It's never gonna be repeated again. Like you know that that game. So it was massively important that you, as a player, you wanted to be in it. Um, but he did. He, I remember he used it. He used it a fair bit in the week leading up to Bray, um, and even in training the week leading up to the game. And uh, you had a walk around Tallaght Stadium week four. I don't think it was ready, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you walk around week before and you're thinking there's no game going to be on, on here. Like, you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> just like it didn't. Look, it just didn't look ready. It was just uh, shell. It was just a shell, like mm. you know. And it was hard to envisage that they were going to have it ready. Like in fairness, they got it ready. I was remember even the changing rooms when we arrived that night weren't weren't really ready. <laughs> no. such, you know. I always remember Mick. I, I bumped. I, I came in. I was. I generally was always forced there. And uh, 
remember coming in and Mick Mick Cairns was there like you know he's doing bits and bobs you know Mick yeah he's brilliant he's doing everything he's, he's had you know and he was way. sitting there and he was the just whack. He's, and he just he was just like he was so emotional yeah. he's like do you know what tonight me you know <laughs> him, like you know and but he was doing bits and bobs trying to get everything ready you know he's he still at it he's yeah. still at it he's yeah. doing the news he did the south stand and what yeah. he did was um, see if you notice the east stand you can't hang flags on the back of it so what he did was he put up as he calls it the bar for the flags yeah. so it's like a rail that goes all the way across the back of the south so stand you can hang your flags so he calls yeah. it the bar for the flags as he says yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I always remember going in that night he was in the show he was doing bits and bobs around the <laughs> trying to get up ready like you know but he was so you know so emotional it's, it's great and uh, let's talk about the first ever game in Tallaght March 13, 2009 and first of all the lead up so waking um, up that morning Paul describe the feeling yeah it was great after I would have been in work I think I had the range to get out of work a little bit early and it was glad we got uh, we were trying to figure out where to go we didn't know where to drink where we were so we ended up having a drink in Clary's the and room wasn't open at the time it was I think it was we went in there afterwards but we, we ended up meeting in Clary's on Amian Street. I know that sounds completely You're a bit away there. out of the way, but there was like obviously our group, and then we met Jimmy Conroy, and we got the Lewis. So obviously oh, we just yeah. had to walk across the road, and we got the Lewis all the way out. So I think it was a couple of times the first time a few of them had been on the Lewis out mm. the Tallet as well. So it was all, and then just to get out and see the ground, like it was a great picture of me and Fergus and Swano just standing at the traffic lights. With the with the ground and the background, like oh, but it was just like yeah, and then we just I always remember, uh, like the other thing was we had a concourse outside the ground, like you know we had like a thing outside the ground. Right. That way, usually like when you walk up through a ground, it, the torn styles are on the street, but now we had like where there was the grass and the thing, and it, it, it felt like a like a proper football stadium and the whole lot. But I just like oh, it was all little things on the night that were just like. <laughs> Did you go up to the miles into the top and have a there was there was a couple no, of No, we didn't. No, there the was a, I know the lot of the lads who were I think made the trip back like Enda from Rome and <clears throat> uh, a few other people I know were, were up there. Like I think they were actually staying there. KH came home as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Declan, yeah. So we had a quote from Tala Time, he said as the teams lined up in front of the main stand, the crowd sung about Tala to the team of the Beatles, hit hey, hey Jude, embroidered on the back of the Rovers jersey worn that the that night were the words Glenmore Park gone but I've forgotten Rovers fans and the new Rovers captain who had played for the Hoops for a five year spell earlier in his career remember those friends or family who were no longer around to make the first game tell it, but they knew they were there in spirit and Shane Robinson said this he says Michael made me captain for the season and he said he wanted me to speak to the boys in the huddle before the kickoff. I knew what I was going to say long before the night arrived any player who's played for Rovers knows that the club means to the supporters but I wanted to make sure all the new boys did too in the huddle I spoke about the troubles the club had endured the past few years supporters who supporters lost who never got to see the team walk out and tell it players who dreamed of playing here and the fans who saved the club and believed I told them that this was a night and it belonged to those fans we were the lucky ones who were playing there and we weren't going to disappoint anybody to lead the team out that night for the season made me so proud. I remember training on the pitch in Tallaght during Rico's time in management. And uh, Damien Richardson, Rovers manager from 99 to 2002. Players like Derek Tracy, Terry Palmer, who at the time thought it was only a matter of months before he played there. And knew the likes of Derek would have loved to play there and it wasn't lost. I mean, do you remember the the um, the speeches and things like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I particularly remember Robbo saying how lucky we were and I think that was... 
But th- th- this, it wasn't, you know, it just won't speak. Like this, the lead up was, was long because we knew pre season and everything. But I do remember the huddle, I remember Robbo, like, because obviously he'd had the background of being here before everyone and coming yeah. back. And so he, he really understood what it was like to be a wet, to not be in Tala. I said, I was here for one year that we weren't in Tala. Um, but I remember, like, <clears throat> you, you emphasising the, obviously, how lucky that we were and the amount of players who were on the promise of, of getting the talent and never did. And mm. as I said, the, you could just, you could sense it. You could sense the whole place that night. There was a real sense of emotion in the ground, you know. Um, I think people in tears when we were coming out. Like, ah, you know, yeah, it, was, it was something that the atmosphere, and even though there was only one stand, I don't know if there's been a better atmosphere than that night. I heard, I heard that was a hail hazard if there ever was. <laughs> oh yeah, there was no way there was, always, there was no way that was <laughs> yeah. people everywhere. Hanging out of the room and everything, yeah. But it, the atmosphere and instead of played in it, even like, you know, when they had the four stands for the Madrid and, 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 and the bigger games, the atmosphere that night with one stand was, was unbelievable. I've never felt that like it. And tell us about the twig goal. And this is still one of my favourite goals. Just the, the technique <laughs> the and the hook. way he struck it, the yeah. hook, hooked it into the net. And um, yeah, when I went in, what was your what was your reaction? I just ecstatic, like because the biggest thing you didn't want on the night was to not win. Yeah. <laughs> there was also you know you, you knew there was that expectation that it was such a big night to lose the first game in Tallow would have been an absolute disaster. Yeah. So it was more I suppose relief and excitement. I think everyone was nearly over when he scored, like you know, but. Um, it was uh, it kind of settled us down a bit because if the game started at a mad pace, I remember it was very frantic, nervy. It was on TV, wasn't it? Terrible yeah, wind, wind and terrible wind, wind and, and rain. rain. So it was yeah. frantic. It calmed us down a bit. Then I remember, and um, and I suppose the second one then was a real relief. But I know we were sweating a bit because the Doyle score late. Gavin Pierce, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was a bit edgy toward the end, like. But look, felt unbelievable when when Twiggy scored that, like you know. And who were to know at the time that. He was gonna go on and oh, do what he was, you know. Another quote from Tyler Time, a fan said he remembers being quite disappointed <coughs> that this new Scottish lad scored the first ever yeah. goal in Tyler. <laughs> and he says, I oh, would turn out okay in the Yeah, because it's funny you present because I think the, before that obviously the other big dawn before that was in the RDS where there was like twenty three thousand people showed up and then it was a nil all draw. And apparently it was one of the worst games of football yeah, the first game in the yeah, RDS. Yeah, in the was RDS. It? What's that? What year was that? 94? 93? 1990. Was it? Yeah, against Pats, yeah. Was it? Yeah. The league winning. It was 93, 94. Yeah, yeah. But like, it was obviously before that, but apparently it was it was 20 and it was nil all draw against Pats. It was the worst game. and like Noel King and Brian Kerr, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they would just come together and say, let's just make this a four all draw. But then we the line up that day with Barry Murphy, Simon Madden, Aidan Price, Sean Webb, that young starlet that we spoke yeah. about, uh, Ian Birmingham, Shane Robinson, Stephen Rice, Bradzer, uh, Ollie Cahill, Desi Baker, and Gary Twig with the substitutes coming on were Greg Cameron, Owen Doyle, and Tyg Porcel. Good old Tiger. Hard worker. I love Tyg. It was yourself and Robbo centre mid that day. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think we, we done we actually done well. Robbo was excellent, but we remember that day he played really well. Um little angry head and them flying around <laughs> <laughs> uh, two angry heads in there. Michael knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was gonna get from the two of us, like, you know, we were very alike in how we played and but it, on the on the game the occasion that it was, I think Michael knew he needed that. I suppose that 
intensity, that passion. It wasn't going to be a night for total footballers. Yeah. Was, no, knew that, the result. That was the night. It was that was the night it was going to be, and I think that's why. Uh, but Robbo, I think I think he was man of the match that night, was he? What? I think he was in my that night because I think Rico picked this, so I think that's probably <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Pop quiz for you. Yeah. Oh, Two yeah. former hoops in the Sligo lineup. Who were they? That night? Yeah. Went well, on to play for the hoops. Went no, on to play they, for they, they, oh, they, they hadn't played for us at that point. No, so they went on to play for us. I can get Joey and Dal. No, he was at Balls then, wasn't he? Was he? He was, yeah. yeah. Though he, he, he would have been in the Sligo team. Richie Ryan? Yep. Oh, <laughs> the left foot. Richie Ryan. That was the tricky one. You got that first. Yeah. Is Richie there an Ryan. obvious one? Yeah. Brushy. Mm-hmm. Oh, good ah, yeah. show. Richard Brush and goal, yeah. Good show. Yeah, yeah so we're going to move on now to uh, the Balls game. Now, when someone says to you, the Balls game, do you know immediately what the one they're yeah, getting? Yeah, the force. The force one and yeah. Hallett. Two late goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this this was a mental match. It was rubbish. Let's be honest. For eighty eight minutes, <laughs> most heavy games are. Yeah, 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 it was terrible for eighty eight minutes. It was great atmosphere. The pink jersey, remember? Yeah, yeah. And the deflected shot that set up Twig. Well, price has a big long one. But the, I'm not sure which. We, like I said, we have a signed photograph. I'm not sure if it's the force of the second goal. Which on the wall. I'm not sure what the photograph mm-hmm. is. Either way, it was bedlam. When I saw this Twiggy actually, he said he'd never seen that particular photo before. No, I, I'm sure he's seen loads of mm. that game. He said, he, no, I've never seen that one before. That's yeah. love it. That's, that's love the it. legendary one. Like. Yeah. And <laughs> your deflected shot set up Twiggy for the Eagleroys. I know, he did He robbed it. He robbed it. He's going in. And um, did you think you'd get out now that game at all when you were 1-0 down because it was a penalty, Jason Bourne penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was horrible. Deagle and Keegan in the middle, we looked like getting nothing. Mm. That was a horrible game as they always are. It was but again you knew it you know them games are often won on sets, set plays, and yeah. I think it came from a set. I don't know. I know the second one obviously did. Um but the first one was bobbling around. It was a corner, no? It was a corner. It was a corner that went to the far side. Yeah, he clicked it in with his heel. It was a it went to the far side and Ty Porcel played it back in. Yeah. So again you knew if you got a chance, like he, but the way the game was going, it was it looked like a one 0 game. That whoever got the force, there was a penalty, yeah. was it? Yeah, penalty. Yeah, penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Bourne was it? Jason yeah. Bourne. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, kind of. To be honest, when we got the one all, you were kind of thinking, we'll so this. late, we'll take it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just don't lose today. The wind just in, in top prices. Like, yeah. Eight of ball. Greatest assist ever. They don't take the free kick. Eight of. Yeah. Eight of. Eight of. Hang up in the air. We, do you know what, right? The funny thing was, we were still celebrating because I had to pull Vinnie Collins out of the ball section. <laughs> and we're dragging him out, and he's about 60. He's there going, fucker, fucker. We're dragging him out, and off, we're still celebrating. We're jumping around, and the, the other goal went in. I think I just saw it hit the net. And I was like, no way, that's gone. <laughs> no way. It must have been within two minutes, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, we were still yeah. celebrating because they were right beside us, right? They just giving them laws. And I went in, I was like, this isn't real. This isn't happening. <laughs> But um, yeah, the what was the dressing room like after that? Oh, it was chaotic. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, it was brilliant. Like you know, because we knew it was horrible. We knew, but yeah. we also knew the significance of setting the tone and talent and setting, you know, what we were gonna do. Mm. You know, because had they came and beat us here, or got something like you know, but you were putting down a marker. And I think that's what we were doing at that that game. Put down a marker for the next few years. In that, you know, you're not gonna come here and yeah. easily like you know. 
Um, so it was, it was really, really important. But everything, obviously, was Michael's first year. It was Michael's first game against Bowes. Um, there were so many factors in it. The like, first you know, derby in Tallaght. The first derby in Tallaght. There were so many factors that it put down. It made a statement. And so the change room was, was bedlam afterwards, like, you know. Was it that day when it kind of finally felt, right, okay, Tallaght is our home now? Because mm. that was like a legendary moment, legendary game. No, I think after the Sligo game it did. It felt you knew you knew after the atmosphere at the Sligo game and the the way that game went and the atmosphere, the emotion. But yeah, look, the Bowes game was the one that you kind of. But it, after the Sligo game, you knew that we were home now. That was it, look, you know. But the Bowes game was just for the game it was, and I, you know, it was nearly that was probably was the first Bowes Rovers game there. So it was more important probably than the Sligo one, like that you put down the marker with that. But it didn't take. The ball was going to make us feel like we were home. But the way you won it made you feel like mm-hmm. we could have a good time. Especially yeah, yeah. yeah. When we were on the Real Madrid, and uh, what, a, what, a, what a pain this was. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was going to pinch myself. That yeah. happened. <laughs> Some of our lads don't even know. Like, you, know you know what I mean? It's, you know, it was unreal. You know, like, you know, like, the fact that it even happened, I think we Platinum 1 brought them over, didn't they? Platinum 1, yeah. And, and Graham Barrett was involved there as well. Finn Drury. Finn Drury. Yeah. But you weren't happy with the the way that they sensationalised it. It was like some kind of fairy tale. They were, they were, they were labelling us as journeymen and mm. they were just building up uh, Real Madrid. But you and Dudek were the only players to play the full 90 minutes. And... Do you know what? We should have beat them that day. To be honest. Desi had Desi, a chance. Desi, Desi had, had a chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we had the war two different colour boots. Ronaldo laughing at me. 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 Ronaldo so like I know I ended up playing 90 but a lot of lads played 45 and I think the plan was only but like it was nil all at half time so we have trialists I'll tell you what I'll give you a we bonus did. point if we had the trialists yeah we had the Slovakian fella yeah. the two what? Slovakian Pavel. one of them had a Pavel. horrible horrible mullet Pavel Pavel <laughs> yeah oh, he was great he was the blondie haired kid yeah, yeah, the winner yeah, 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 he was they went on to a decent enough career he sent a forward and a winner yeah Yurko was that his name I can't think of it something Yurko Pavel Yurko Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-Yurko-Pavel-
Remember Flynn, leaving his American Ronaldo? Yeah. That's right. right, there was a big lead up, wasn't there? Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he did. Everyone wants his jersey. Blood on his boots or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finney said that in the lead. Yeah, he said it tongue in cheek, and then some people took it up saying. He did clatter around, didn't he? He said, first 30 seconds, he went in the box. absolutely halved them. But what you were saying as well about, wasn't it? I think it was Bermo, wasn't it? Someone had written stuff in the papers about Bermo. Bermo was saying about he's on like, you know, 200 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. But they were making us out to be a lot of joeys. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's the, that's what we didn't that, like about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, we're not just some uh, random club that are going to just show up. And but I, 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 I genuinely think we should have beaten that day. Yeah. We really should. But apparently, Butragano, I think, was the uh, the club official over there. I loved him. Like, mm. well, when Emil Butragano was one of my favourite players yeah. growing up. Like, and apparently he was just... They were brilliant with us, Madrid. Like, and I think kind of Juventus, I don't know they were really respectful like, isn't yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah they're they're like as football clubs yeah, they were really really yeah. respectful even though the media might have been she did some team out like when you look it's at ridiculous it, but even like like the Raul and uh, who, who else made it uh, that day what was uh, Heinze well. van der Vaart uh, oh, uh, the Gooty played Gooty smelled yeah. fantastic <laughs> <laughs> he said to him he so didn't know what I was saying it was Mark and I was saying he says you smell tremendous <laughs> 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 He just looked at me and flicked these locks, man. Just, just away, like it's just there. Uh, oh, no one do American so tight. like when you like as you said, like you're looking at now, it's it's mad at the time, and you're in the you're in the rush of it all. Yeah, yeah. Sky, and you just kind of go and play it, like. But when you look back now, like to get those players here, um, to have Ronaldo making his debut with what he's achieved now in the game, and yeah. in in Tala, like the. The first time he got on the ball, I was in this the, the temporary stand behind the goal. Yeah. That that they were playing in the first yeah, half. First half. And the first time he got on the ball and ran with it, it was the most. Imp- I had no that idea how Flinny big Island. he was. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't smashed him. I had no idea how big he was <laughs> and how fast he was. It was just. <laughs> and even it's, it's even gotten yeah. to a different level yeah, now as well. Stage, yeah. But uh, we fell just short in two thousand nine. And uh, we'd sick now. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was. Do you remember? I think. Do you remember? Was two thousand nine when Podge scored the one nil and Bourne put one over the bar? Was that two thousand nine? Two thousand nine. Yeah. On the way. Yeah. That fucking ball is still holding through space. The Galway and Cork end. Yeah. Galway, Cork. It was the Cork end. That was the one. The, yeah. the, the, the Galway were greener. Billy, Billy scored. Yeah. Yeah. Some you some young fella called Aaron Green. Equalised against us. Yeah. That's right for Galway. But a Galway game, we, the damage was done with Cork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Galway game was that we killed ourselves against Cork. But, but, now, um, but, but having said that, the win against Dundalk up in Ariel. Remember we beat them four, two, two, four, four two. two. The free kick. Yeah. That that like it, I know. Dizzy, Dizzy I know it, the free yeah, yeah. That but like that was we had to win that to have any, and that was that was. Remember the celebrations always. Yeah. Mayhem. Yeah. Like la like like up in Finn Harris on Friday. Yeah. Nuts. Nuts. You can't be a late goal. Late goals are the best. But um yeah, so we fell short in two thousand nine but and then the bad start to two thousand and ten. Mm. So we, we couldn't buy a goal and we've been talking about good starts. Twiggy was injured and as regards mm. to challenging for the title for a while now and you have to have a good start, but we did have a bad start in two thousand ten. Mm. So the four can the four one stage seen? Don Cowan and Graham Barrett was everybody's answer. Don, do you know what? Don Cowan got his chance. Don Cowan got his chance, right? Yeah. Don got his chance on their own end. There's no doubt in it. I think there was a game against Fingal. Fingal the cup, yeah. He was throwing goal, one on one, and I think he fell over the ball and he ran too fast and then he just forgot where it was. His legs were like bow, bow legs. Like The way he ran, he'd been a great athlete. I'd say he could chuck a, like a, a javelin well, 
Well, I don't think he was a footballer in the end. And Stevens boy him. You went to Stevens. Yeah. Stevens paid a few quid from, 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 from Longford, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 When he came back to Longford, he was with us yeah. then. And yeah. Twenty-four. Well, no, he did. He got his chance, but he just he never he never capitalised on it. And um, do you remember where you were when the Juve draw was made? Uh, I was sitting in work with a stream on. Yeah. Like with me head with your headphones on, and I. Uh, I saw Juventus and I was going, please be Rovers, please be Rovers. It's Johnny Anfin, Johnny Infantino. Infantino. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, it came out. I was like, fucking yes. Like, it was in the office. Everyone was going, yeah, all right, Paul. Mm. Going, yeah, you're going sick now. Yeah. And I like that. And that was like the thing about my work. Everyone knows, like, like everyone, like, I, I was going for that, like, they'd let me go to Tel Aviv the week before so <laughs> you thought it was wind up on your hair did you yeah yeah it's because I think someone, someone rang me was, I remember I was home I was with my nan actually and someone rang me and said oh Juventus I said yeah good one like yeah yeah <laughs> nice one no seriously I was like yeah good one because you often got lads ringing you up going I'm a reporter like can I ask you if you you know the really? lads will be winding up yeah you know what I mean like and the, Boys winding you up like so you couldn't it got to a stage in that squad that you couldn't take anything seriously. <laughs> you went home, you started questioning your missus and all that. Do you know what I mean? Like, just because you you didn't know it was, it was so much crack in the squad, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Boys always winding through, but I remember getting the shout then I was, I was at home and oh, unbelievable. But then I think we still had to go to Tel Aviv, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Like it was done before, I think Bocker scored late against them. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Home. Great. And then we the went Stones first game. That game, that game out there was unbelievable. Um, you think you're reading the script again? We have the win in Israel here. So tell me, before we go anywhere, did you take part in the naked sprints in the hall? No, that wasn't me. I wasn't quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> Pace was never my uh, pace was never my uh, strong point. So funnily but, uh, enough, right? I was only talking. My whole brother was over last night. And he plays for Bluebell, and he was telling me about Bocker, and he was saying, he was saying the guy's a madman. And give us your best Bocker Bailey story. Bocker. There's a few, was there? Fucker, yeah. And a, the funny thing is about that, Alan Manus was telling us that it was Jim Magilton timing him doing the naked sprints <laughs> up and down. Fucker, he's in the raw yeah, and he's up and down yeah, yeah. the thing. And apparently he ran out the door and into the street. And up the lamppost. Yeah, up the lamppost. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker, yeah. I have to think about that now. But he's a bit of a madman, wasn't he? Ah, yeah. But you know what? I thought he was very good in his four seasons. We're always have to give it to him. Great, yeah. I thought he really was. He did a job for us big time. He's a good player. I remember the year before uh, Spartan Finn got knocked us out of the cup. Mm. And the midfield, it was like him, Finn, and Mike was one of the. What, McFall, is that his name? Mm. Or? McFall for Fingal. For Fingal. Yeah, were, very good. That man. was one of the best midfield, but they were unbelievable. And then the Sean Williams. I remember he saw the semis of the FA so, Cup. Yeah, yeah. And he buried them. They beat us in panels, yeah. Do you remember the trio so draw out there where you yeah. scored? Yeah. Torrential yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great game. Yeah, that was a good game, actually. Jeez, we, were in the, we, were, we were in the terraces there. We oh, were soaked. So sunny by the end of it. Yeah, it was a great It was. It was mad. It was up and down. Like It was a great game, though. I think uh, Finner was great that day. Conan Bourne was excellent as well. Yeah. That was when we were talking about Conan Bourne wanting to sign him. Mm. Saying he's, he's, he looks good. But um, the Royce Cheek, oh, do you remember this? Royce Cheekly wiped his sweaty hands from the humid Tel Aviv heat on the Israeli ball boy. Just partake <laughs> That sounds so wrong. <laughs> Listen, lads. <laughs> but uh, I remember this so well. And it was flicked down by Civez. That's something I think is still underestimated. If you've noticed now, we don't have anyone like on front post or back post for 
for set pieces. The back post is just forgotten nowadays in football. Nobody puts anyone on the back post anymore. But the flick on by Sivez and then Tommy Stewart. So tell, tell us a bit about that. What were you thinking when, when you had the ball in your hands, right? What were you thinking? I'm not gonna. I'm soaked here. Yeah. It must have been forty degrees, and you know, it's sweat in an in a in a freezer. Yeah. So like, I was drowned, and I just thought, get it in there, because I knew they weren't great defending crosses. We we spoke about it, like so. And the way my throw was that it wasn't easy to defend because it was so loopy that even if you won it. You weren't getting any it is. It wasn't. It. it wasn't pacey. It no, was a loopy, it was just long one. Yeah. So we, even if you won it as a defender, they were generally the distance wasn't good on it. You know, but if you got any type of touch on it, um, and I think we we, we scored a couple off. I think we scored them against Bowes as well. Billy might have scored from a, a long throw. Yeah, oh, it was a header. Yeah. It was a, re, a really yeah. slow header that went yeah. bouncing in. Yeah, I think was, I, I the blondie goalkeeper was in for them. I just remember getting the lag because I'd done it to Hooperman a few times as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Weird for you. Just to, just to give you a bit of... The ball boy was looking at me as if he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> you know? But uh, that was a great night. That was a, that was a really memorable night in Israel. Paul, you were actually in Israel, but you said that when you were watching the internet footage of people in the Maldron, and then watching the homecoming that the players got at the airport, you strangely felt a little on the outside. Yeah, it was like I have, uh, like as Ringo always said, he missed Italian ninety because he was at the World Cup. That he missed, he missed all the crack at home because he was yeah. actually at the at the and it kind of it kind of had that kind of thing as well. But obviously, it was great being there and being at the game. Mm. But there was like the footage from the Maldron and all that, I've and then that it was, was, was brilliant. Like it was kind of, I'd love to be in there, but while well, I was actually at the game, we actually it. couldn't believe it because I think Ado actually had it on his phone. Ado, we got back to the, excuse me, the hotel, and we were chatting, and I think we were having a drink. And how about the night out afterwards? Yeah, there was a night out. A few, a few sherry's. <laughs> yeah, there was a night in Tel Aviv. All right, we lost, we lost a lot of good men out there. <laughs> nope. um, but uh, we went to, uh, sorry, Ado got it on his phone and we couldn't believe it because we didn't know that there was anything going on like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost, it brought, to be honest, it brought more significance to us as players. When you see that, like, and you're like, just they're all there to watch now the game. Now here's the thing, right? That Did that affect you seeing the fans being so passionate and does that spoil you modern, on in the day? Yeah, 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 it did for me. Do you think that's player. lost on players nowadays? Do I think it's lost yeah, on players? Yeah, your opinion. Do you think... Do you think that affects players nowadays? Do you think social media has had an effect on players' mentality, whereas they think, well, it doesn't really affect us anymore? I think players, are, they, certainly the social media age now has, I suppose, say, in a way, desensitised that, like, there's nothing. Exactly, It's, it's yeah. difficult to get, like, for, and that's not just, that's that's young players, That's they're so exposed to everything now that nothing really shocks them, does it? Like, there's nothing, mm-hmm. there's no shock or there's no... But I think, I don't think there's anything, like, when we watched that video, we were blown away. Yeah. And even the homecoming, the homecoming from there, and the homecoming from, Belgrade. from Belgrade. Like, mm. I'll never forget them, like, they yeah. were unbelievable. And it does, it gives you that sense of part of something special here, like, you know. And then we had, um, Dunster, you're a Roma fan, so, uh, you hate Juve, so I'd say you were... Yeah, I love it. I just love Italian football and I love I love I love Italy in general, so just getting an Italian team was just like just like huge for me. Like and the fact that it was you, I thought it was great that it was I think it might have been actually We do have a we do have a couple of links with Rome as well. If you ever go over to Rome he looks after them with his hotel. Just a cheap plug from yeah. there. He always says to me, <laughs> says, make sure he had a, he had Fazio in his hotel there. 
Did he? Last yeah. week, yeah, and he sent me a picture. He goes, look at this fella, I'll try and get him over this. <laughs> but, listen, if you ever go over and you're, you're a Rovers fan, he gives you a massive discount. Like, he's just a massive football fan. Good one to have him. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah, he's right in the middle of Trastevere as well. So. Oh, great spot. Great and, spot. Um, yeah, so what were you what were you thinking? Were you talking to your the Irish clan, wasn't it? Wasn't that yeah, the, the Irish clan? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually it was Marcia Wenda who was a Rovers fan who was living in Rome who started going and got to know them. So we were actually going over to meet Enda and met them through through Enda. But um, but I think there was actually there was some Bologna ultras I think with us in in Modena. Who were and that they were the ones who got the Juve Juve Fafangulo oh, chant yeah, going, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it was like I think it was the only Italian anyone learned was Juve. But yeah, no, that was that was magic. And then yeah. the, the the how did that game go ahead? This will be seriously. Ask, we ask all our guests this. We ask Alan O'Neill or sorry, uh, Almanis. We ask Flinner. How did the game go? Ahead? Literally, though, there could have been a boot. Like I'm talking, there had to have been at least three or four inches of water. It was insane. I don't know how it went ahead. Yeah. There was no way in a million years now it would go ahead. There was a picture of you sliding in for a tackle. And you just, you just ended <laughs> I don't up swimming. I don't even see him. You got your arm bands on. You just in a puddle, like, <laughs> swimming through yeah. your life. It was the midfield of the big lad. Sissoko. Sissoko. He was excellent in the fourth game. Yeah. Yeah. He was but brilliant the, the I remember game. what you're saying. There was a massive puddle. Like, air dugout was here. <laughs> there was a massive puddle. And I went in. I kind of, we were tussling, like, you know. And of course, he just put me on the deck but, <laughs> but as I went down the lads were all like about 10 metres away and as I went down I kind of went ah, you know he's just screaming hey as if they get we're like ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 I was like I was trying to get back out of the puddle like, you know the lads all said you can hear you go oh. <laughs> oh. but uh, do you know what's one thing that a couple of people a couple of guests had said that I said that Bradzer was very good that day That's great, yeah, he that just knew day. how to play the ball in the round and the water yeah. like that yeah yeah well I mean to be honest I was grateful of it because I spent the whole force leg chasing Deco around <laughs> <laughs> chasing Deco was it Deco was that Deco yeah 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 oh, so funny though yeah, yeah. he's the quickest oh my life uh, Marquisio Marquisio was in the middle as well yeah uh, Chiellini yeah. Uh, who else they lost and Mary, 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 got Mary got them two goals and it wasn't it was Sterari in goal he works in little as well now. Yeah. <laughs> Sterari was in goal because uh, Mary, uh, Buffon captain. was injured I think yeah. and Sterari but was in goal the, yeah. the, the rain suit was, it yeah. slowed them down they weren't they I tell you what we should have scored as well unbelievable was it Moose a Flynn was it Chambers no no it was Dan Murray had one of the back posts Moose had the back post and Flynn Flynn definitely had a chance and so what about the 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 scenes and then around the stadium downstairs. I mean, it was crazy, wasn't it? The fans at halftime the sing song. Oh yeah, underneath the stand, like everyone was just like, it was it was at that stage, you know, where like you're kind of like, oh, I'm, you just so, there was no point. There was there's not like you just can't worry about it, and everyone's in the same boat. And the thing is it, about yeah. those trips as well, like when you're like the likes of Stockholm and and Reykjavik and things like that, you have your your important belongings on you. <laughs> yeah, you're on my so I can only yeah. imagine yeah. what was yeah. going on with passports. Like I, think, like, I doubt as many people still have their match ticket intact. No, <laughs> no. My, mine's in, like I have like bits of mine at home somewhere because <laughs> yeah. it's just and even like that, my passport was like because you had to have your passport going to the game. Right, right. To, like to show that your match ticket and your oh. yeah, but my passport. Were you on the wall? Right, sort of free kick. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And did someone, some, I think it was a Bradzer or someone turns around and goes, That's in. 
Yeah. Or was a prize? I think the second it left us four. Plinner and Bradshaw said, do we celebrate or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, like on, on that day itself, can you can you think of like any little incidents or altera- altercations with the players? Like, did you have a little tug off anyone? Or was there was there anyone that always stuck out? Because my one of my favourite defenders ever of the modern era is Chiellini, yeah. and I just I just think he's brilliant because he celebrates tackles like goals. He's he loves defending. Loves yeah, defending. Yeah. It's like I always. There was a comparison I made before. It was like Rio Ferdinand. He didn't like defending, but he's regarded as like a really good defender. But he didn't like defending. He was always going up top and he was going wandering. But Chiellini loves defending. Was there any little interactions like that where you have a little tug off someone, a little elbow? Or did you, is there anything you remember about any of the players that stuck out? And you were I like, nearly drowned. So <laughs> <laughs> go. But Chiellini, think about him in the tunnel before we went out. Like you see, the thing I liked about him was he really he was chatting away to all of us. You know, really, really? yeah, nice guy, smiling, chatting away. He looked like a really good lad, like you know. Um, but uh, the lad Deco was just, was just outrageous. Next like, level, oh, yeah, outrageous, like you know. And um, the good thing about the second game was you could get close to him because they, they they couldn't move the ball. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was a leveler, like you know. In yeah. some ways, it was a blessing because. Uh, like in the first half an hour here they ripped us to shreds yeah, like, yeah. could have been anything like to get out of here with 2-0 and Tala that day was, was we actually had I think we had a really good chance uh, here in Tala there, was them. there a back post chance I think there was there a really was. good chance there here there was one yeah. where you slid in I'm there was a, there was a good chance header or something. yeah it might have been Moz I think it was I think it was because the yeah. there was a ball that whipped in and he just missed mm-hmm. it I think he should have took it but uh, now that that was the big one for me to just and afterwards let's say in the dressing room and that I mean what was O'Neill saying because one thing like I said we always as, as mad as Bocker was he had some good points he said the best thing about Michael O'Neill is that he could rein players in and his man management was amazing mm-hmm. so what did he say afterwards I mean how did he console you and what did he say what's the next step I think there was a realism t- yeah. we were 2 nil down going to Juventus like, so I don't think it was <laughs> but you know. it's still a, it's, it still has to be managed well, as far yeah. as him like how, what, how does he approach that how well, did he approach well, it I think okay. he, like if you look at the team that day I think he'd made several changes to the team that started the previous league game because did, we'd balls on Sunday did Bocker come on yeah we'd balls and, on Sunday and he said Bocker he said I want you to balls don't get sent off I think that's what he that's what Bocker was saying he said do not get sent off Wouldn't but work that, that seemed to be a, a trend in that team but he's telling Padjo don't get sent <laughs> off that was and told Padjo you don't get sent off but I think he's a uh, yeah, I mean, I think the priority he knew the priority was balls on Sunday, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest thing. And I think the fear was the amount that pitch would have taken out of the legs as well. I think it come off after about an hour. I don't know. I think he was more looking toward balls. We really, real. Yeah, well, that, that would have been the right thing to do, to be honest. Yeah, wasn't it was it? like we were realistic. I think Michael was realistic. So I, th- I think after the game, if I remember, he was right, right, stone balls now. And then we came home, and uh, poor old Ken is still. In a knot somewhere. <laughs> He's at, he was on, he was great on the show. You yeah, said you you you're a fan of uh, it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Him and Dana. He was um, <laughs> too <laughs> too good. <laughs> His infectious laugh. Oh, Dick Ken's oh, laugh. Yeah. Wow. Laugh. We were talking about Dunster's laugh. He's Ken's got a big bellow, just, hasn't he? Uh, <laughs> Ken's was so infectious. He's That's the only time we've been uh, reprimanded and forced to delete something on spot as well because right. he was he said something he didn't want to say right. and he said to the prop he says right delete that and. 
Prop was like, ah, yeah, he goes, fucking delete it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and he watched, he waited, and then he yeah, yeah. actually stared at the waveforms until they were gone. And he goes, is that gone? <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, don't say, you described the Spartan Fingal game as one of the worst Spartan moments of your life, and um, yeah. you said it's something that you wake up screaming about, and I've never I, heard Talis so I was, I, I felt, it felt like, I still remember, I, I, I still it, remember it, standing it there like and going, it felt what? like a, It felt like a death to me. Mm. We we had we watched that, well. and the whole thing was at that when they equalised, everyone's heads went down, mm-hmm. and everyone was on the ground. And we're like, it's still only one hole, and then oh, and, and then there was that the kind of mix up between Baz and Ado and Glen Crow and Ado was a fault I felt. But we I always remember we went back to went back to Frank Ryan's in Smithfield on Queen Street, and we were sitting there and like tied the bar, and I was like, oh, he's not. <laughs> he's so right. Yeah, yeah. And we were sitting there going, I thought we'd talk about it. Yeah. And I always remember he played Body of an American by the Pogues. Oh, so yes. it was. From the where? Yeah, yeah. I actually felt like a proper funeral. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, Soccer Republic came on and I left mm. uh, that Monday, couldn't watch it. I, was, well, I actually was waking up in cold sweats about it. Like, oh, awful, 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 awful. And then we'll go. What about your feelings after, Stephen? That was the worst game I've ever had. For, yeah, that was yeah. the worst. That was horrible. Um, the manner of it. I think the, it was. It was the I manner, the, wasn't it? It was the manner of it. Um, Nail on the head. The fucking manner. The of manner of it. Awful. And it was so late and mistakes and Chris because we were in total control. Yeah. Did he crack the bar? Seventy the minutes. Yeah. The bar, didn't he? Yeah. For seventy yeah. minutes, we dominated them. We, we absolutely dominated them, and that was the thing. The game should have been out of sight, and we didn't put them to bed. Yeah. And then two were the most. Like the, it was a deflection because I remember it was right behind it. The, the first one was a deflection, was it? Was it? Was it a deflection? Crept in. I think so. It was a brutal goal. It was a, the two of them were scruffy, like, you know, <laughs> scruffy <laughs> goals. Like. Um, and yeah, I remember. I think the the glass in the door at Tallis Stadium took a hit from yeah. from Michael. Michael, we, yeah, we, we heard that as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, we did. Um, oh, so I remember again. It was last leaving that day, and Mick came in. Mick is always around. Mick Cairns come in. We just sat there. I remember Mick saying, "It's not fucking over. It's yeah. not over. You know? It's not yeah. over." Like you know, now that was hard to believe because yeah. it was two games left. Yeah. Was it two. Yeah. There was two left at that point, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Yeah, it was two because the next one was Broad and Bright, and they had Galway, Galway and, and, and Dundalk. Instead, Jason Malloy. Um, yeah, so in Bray, you were standing captain, sir. Seven Dan Murray lofted the trophy into the air. And do you remember the angle of the goal that Twig scored? Oh, yeah. what finish! Like yeah, a yeah. cute, finish. a cute fucking angle. Like I'm talking like goal line oh, stuff. Super finish. So to win the first medal of your career, talk about when that final whistle goes. Ah, oh. and you've won the league, but and everything you've been working for yeah. comes to a culmination. Yeah, you can't. Um, you can't. You can't sum it up like the walk because it's you've been walking since you since you started playing and particularly since coming into the league that was what you wanted uh, to win the league and then to come to the club at this time and at the time I went and uh, I suppose everything was just just was relief it was I suppose definitely relief was one of the things because we knew how how big it was and then feeling pride and I suppose and in, in what you start to think about. In the moment, then, is your family and and the, I suppose the sacrifices they made to help you are made to get you there as well, and and everyone around you and the club, and it was it was an emotional night. That Bray was really emotional, like it was, um, but a night I'll never forget. The ref, the minute the ref blew that whistle, 
and I, I didn't know we didn't know what score the Bowes game was you know we didn't know they were never going to get the goals they needed they, they should have they should have yeah, but I remember when the ref blew the whistle I looked around and I looked over to the where the Rovers fans were and I seen them all running on so straight away I knew that had to be it like we had to have won it like you know and that was, once I seen them all I'd have run on the batteries because <laughs> 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 we hadn't won it but they all looked happy running on so when I seen them coming on I was like that has to be it like, yeah. you know, I remember just going to my knees it was just unbelievable like. I love that interaction between the, the players and the fans as well because if you go back to the draw of the game uh, Bowes were, were losing the Galway at the same time yeah. and the players were getting updates from the fans, the fans as to what the score was I, Twiggy, Twiggy going, going to the stand line. going who what's like, the score is now what's the score is now but I always remember I was I was doing SRFC TV that night and so I was in the press box and I always remember the game was on in the Glen because the, the Bowles game I think was on the telly it was on the telly it was live yeah. and someone came out with the Glen Malore suite going Galway scored and you could it trickled you yeah. could oh, trickle, yeah, you could hear yeah, the trickle. Yeah. And, we celebrated, and, and, yeah. and you could, th- and you then, could hear yeah. it on the pitch. I remember, yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Were, I think it was early. We were nil all still, and you just stand here, big cheers, mm. and there was nothing. That was a throw in or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're like, we oh, were thinking, you couldn't. Oh, <laughs> Jason Malloy, he's got a double, he's got a brace that day, didn't he? Carl Shepherd's got. They got it back to two two, didn't they? And they scored late, didn't yeah, they? Ken, yeah. wasn't it Ken? The Ken made a mistake for us. No, I remember there was something. There was something to do with one of the centre backs in that game. Uh, he actually said that was the worst game of his life, did he? He mentioned that yeah. game as in his, he played badly. One of his yeah. worst ones. I yeah, think there was something with Ken late on with a mix-up. He was getting it back to the keeper, and he, he, he I don't know, something happened. I remember that they won it like um, because the manager was Sean Connor. Is Sean Connor? Wasn't yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Like, he, Jeez, he's in Zimbabwe now, I think. Is he? <laughs> so he yeah, he's somewhere yeah, far yeah. flung. Anyway, but um, we'll move on to you playing right back in the cup final. Yeah, and that was a change of pace, was it? Yeah, well, look, yeah, like they're a good footballing team. That's loyal team, weren't they? Yeah, the, again, the cup final. Oh, that was probably actually the worst day. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was the worst day. Like to be a kick away or from from the double, like you know. Um, yeah, I think uh, was someone was Sully. Wasn't Sully? Who was someone was playing right back up there? I played right back actually in the semi final, in the replay of the semi final because no, I played right back in the first leg of the semi final against Pats. Right. Because someone was injured, I can't think who it was, and I actually I set up. The that goal. was the home one where yeah, that was right cross, yeah, Cabinet for Twiggy, yeah. Yeah, 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 Cabinet Cabinet the OG. Yeah. Oh, Paddy, yeah, yeah. Paddy. Well, yeah, no, because I set up the cross for Twiggy to score the header yeah. to go one up, and then I went to a replay. Turner Chris Turner got the winner. Turner got the winner. Yeah. But I was in, like the hamstring. I think I played the second game where I was actually injured, uh, right back as well. But we were missing someone. Someone. Someone, somebody was who was the right back who was the right back in, in 2010 would have been that Flynn or something Sully or Flynn wasn't it Sully was a cork wasn't he no Sully got an injury early on this season he only played about two games mm. yeah, someone yeah. anyway whoever was in right back got injured or it was a suspension or something it was Flynn was probably a suspension um, but there was something happened that in the semi-final I played right back and then I stayed there and then I, I played there in the were final were we struggling with injuries though in the, in the final did we have a couple of injuries Price, I think, might have been injured. I think somebody went. Flinny, Flinny played. Uh, was Ado suspended or? I don't know. Ado didn't play because he spoke about it, didn't he? He came on late, I think. Did yeah. he? After Brazzer got he sent off. He spoke about saying that he knew he was Brazzard dropped. Sent off. Yeah. How many yeah. games have you played in your career at right back aside from, from those two? Well, I played at, I played at Bowles yeah. two years there. Oh, okay. Right back. Oh, so, so yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how I broke in there at, at 18 because 
Uh, I was a midfield and Stephen Kenny put me in at right back just to fill up for I think it was Damian Lynch. I went in and I don't didn't I don't like right back. It's yeah. like, you know I didn't I felt I was a midfielder, but as a young lad you play wherever just to get in and yeah, make your mark. Yeah. And, and then I kind of got you know, right, he's right, you know there and um, so yeah so you're better than Craig Gilbert. Right <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Gilbert, yeah. What's his, what's his, Kenny, what's he doing now? I think he's in prison. <laughs> Is he? Possibly. Kenny he's working in the gym. He was, he was, he was in trouble anyway. Kenny Gilbert. There was something, yeah. on, there was something up there. But um, he's probably, he's my number one worst player ever at Raw. That, that, that League Cup final. Gannon couldn't get ahead of him. Now, he was him. awful. Jeez, he was so Do you know what? On his game. debut, me and him were in the stand and jotted it. Well, it looks alright. But he was like, you played Champions League for Arsenal. <laughs> like, and I've, I've a lot of friends over in Cardiff, and they were saying, oh, Cardi Gilbert's great. Mm. Smashing the sign. Championship with Cardiff. With Cardiff, yeah. He definitely won the championship. Yeah. But he was at Cardiff. I don't know whether it was Cardiff or whether it was someone else. You went from putting the ball on Thierry Henry's head in the Champions League group stage game to that for us in three years. And he's a good actor. He's like Royce at the start of the show. But um, yeah, um, and in the when you were in the huddle for talking about the penalties, how how was it decided in the cup final that who was taking the penalties? Obviously, it was top I think, four. I'm trying. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah, Michael. I think Michael Moore put it out there. You know, I know. Like, Hands up, tight yeah, down. Who wants it? Like you know, I don't think it's um, you know, and probably on reflection, like you know. <laughs> on reflection, you should have held Flinner back. Yeah, <laughs> well, I should have just got him in the headlock and. <laughs> Like no, look. Stick some rebel tunes on. The lads, walk that way. The thing about it is, like, you know, I think Paddy took one, Flinny took one, Twiggy. Twiggy, yeah. Like Twiggy was never great at penalties, was he? He's got one against Pat. Torna, Torna took one as well, didn't he? Yeah, he missed. Yeah. So like, look, the lads were brave enough to step up and take yeah. them, but um, that was a signal. Like, and then we had in 2010. Now this, this must have been. Oh, I can only imagine how this felt. 2010, you win the league and you're voted Rovers Player of the Year. Mm. Don't say you've over. Ah, yeah. How did that feel? <laughs> <laughs> we sponsored you for like oh, your time at Rover, so. <laughs> so how how did that feel getting player here in a league winning season? Yeah, where's the was, trophy? It's at home. It's at home. Yeah, Is it still there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's trophies in bits? Oh, Robbie Gaffney still has his one. First ever player of the year. Yeah. 1973 I think it was 79 oh, yeah. Yeah. It was 73 or 79 Nine. and he still has that and Noel Sinnott says his is like Lego somewhere in the box but yours is still no it's at home yeah no absolutely yeah no uh, that was a great great year to, for that to get that like and again like it's you look around the players that were in that team and Twiggy and you know what they've done like and I suppose for you know they've been a hard working player without the ability of a lot of the lads like so again it was uh uh, I suppose a real honour like to get it more than anything because it's not usually that industrious type of player that gets gets it like it's more the goals going like, like you said there industry you're an honest guy did, did you think you'd get it? No no, no 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 I didn't know because look I knew I'd play it I think I played nearly every game or really, but again season. it's not again it's not uh, something you think about really when you're going you know even when you're going like it was just a case of the priority was to win the league and that's what we did but uh, to win that, like for myself, was was unbelievable yeah. because again, you don't. It's normally the goal scorers that get the plaudits. And yeah, very true. Yeah, and the attacking players. And Paul, yeah. Paul, you were one of the Belgrade Forty Three. Was it? Do you remember Super Doc on the boat? <laughs> I wasn't. I did. I didn't make. I didn't make. I didn't make it down to the boat. But I, my my my, the super my my Belgrade Doc story is that we we basically wanted to go out to there's a military history museum. Mm down at the old uh, it's like a 
it's like a fort or whatever like but we basically went to live and the, we had a cop the whole time with us and the was cop floor, and the it? cop no, no it was like a, a local a cop Serbian a local cop. cop and he was like no you can't you can't go anywhere on your own <laughs> and we're like what he says wait we'll get back up mm. and so basically and we'd like Mark McCadden and his missus and everything like we like so so basically they arrived and we walked down to this thing and we're standing around walking around and there was this kind of like not quite a forest but a heavily kind of yeah like lots of trees and he was just walking I was going is that the dock it was just him on his own with his briefcase. And it was like, it was like, do you ever the see that? Yeah, no, but do you ever see that like that out? That like the old, the old footage of like uh, of There's big, only an apple in that briefcase. But do you know like the old footage of Bigfoot where you see yeah. Bigfoot walking through the woods? Like, that's what it looked like. It was just him walking through. It, it was the weirdest. But you know what? That's yet. still probably my favorite story ever as regards to rovers. Is the speech he gave a speech, didn't he? He said sometimes people. Um, do things Jim yeah. Jim Michael Michael was it was it Jim someone had a video before anyway. the game was give, the us your, the give us your give us your interpretation that, we, we more, love this it was the morning of the game we were watching the we were watching them we were watching a bit of them from the last leg yeah. we were talking about a few things and then I think it was then the pre-match meeting you know Michael says like, you know there's things you want to aspire to be in life and you want to you know and the one thing is try not to end up like this or something to that effect <laughs> and next week he bangs on a video and the doc's in the middle or something you want to aspire to be this or something yeah, something yeah. along those lines I think Edo said something like he was sometimes human beings go above and beyond yeah, and do yeah. something they a shouldn't do yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he was implying what was the video? it was a video doc's in the middle of about three dollies like in a, in a, in a nightclub like you know he's doing like the Chandler Bing dance you know the Chandler dances like, you know? yeah, he's in the middle of three like Serbian girls like you know in a nightclub like dancing around loving like um, so that in fairness that actually is the whole tension of yeah. the imagine so both of you describe the scenes after Suddy's goal well first of all when the ball lands at his feet are you thinking it's going to go for a throwing and secondly when so it goes Serbian's going to get this in the neck now when it goes in describe the madness yeah, from from our perspective, it's like we were. I'll tell you what, who's beside you? Give them a shout out. Uh, it was sitting with Steve Seary, I think, and a few people. Tommy Standy, my brother was there. Mm. A few people around us, whatever. Like, but the whole thing was like we weren't in the main away section. Mm. There was like a we were in basically what would have been not quite the corporate area, but mm. maybe a family area. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we just think like we were fully surrounded, like, and uh, I said I remember like when they scored everyone was kind of like well we always had the score coming here so that yeah it was disappointing but it changes nothing like we still we still had the score yeah. like but when the goal went in like we just it was just outrageous like it was just like one of probably one of the best goal I've seen like in the flesh yeah it was so I don't think he could have hit it absolutely and we were going mad and then all of a sudden you st- oh, and I, I think I said it in the book as well like in your book you stop and remember where you are. I'm and you're fucking Serbian. <laughs> I'm Serbian. Yeah, like, we're like, and I've only got these like Linus Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, oh, and, oh, but it was just, but it was just mental. I remember I was in, I was in Jamaica and, as you are. I was in a nightclub, <laughs> right? And it was the sports, the Fox Sports moment of the week and it only showed Sully's goal. So I'm, I'm standing there fucking drinking <laughs> rum and coke or whatever and I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, I'm like, Hold on, there's the f- it's like, so, I'm looking at it going to hold the fucking sunny look and I'm there going, how do I, I don't even know the result. <laughs> I'm going, what the fuck? And then the, the guy at the bar ended up knowing Thompson. 
Ryan Thomas. No way, yeah. Let me no use way. his phone. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, go on, whatever. I rang me little brother. And he didn't even know what was going on. He goes, yeah, yeah, aggregate scores. I go, did we fucking go through or what? And he's like, oh, but we're, I think we scored. And then, oh, yeah, put me down. I think actually down he goes, they won. Because he got the aggregate wrong on there. Going, Jeez, I'm on the phone, but he can't even get it right. But it was, oh, it was yeah. brilliant. Fucking unbelievable. But when, when you were, did you think you could do it? Was there a belief in the squad? Did they really think they could do it going into that game? I think after Gaz's goal here, he took the words and we were one of my favourite goals. What ever. a goal! Like, and, but it, it also just—they didn't put us away here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't. Yeah. They should have put us away in Tallaght. Salpinidis, wasn't it? No, yeah. that was from Pell. That was Pell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, they should have. I always remember they should have killed us here in Tallaght early on. They didn't, and they scored. They they, they had one, and then Gaz has got the goal, and they just and we actually should have won in Tallaght. Yeah. Do you remember? Was it Twiggy had a chance oh. straight after Gaz yeah. to win to win the toy? Um, but then we went out there then to be honest I think 9 times out of 10 you lose that game because yeah. the amount of chances they had yeah. in the first half uh-huh. Ryan Thompson like said like from the kick out yeah. Ryan Thompson said like there's yeah. the but he hit the, I think they hit surely both that's, yeah. that's probably the best save I've gone back to saying that's that but they, they hit both posts in the first half yeah. they and remember, remember really early Ryan shined oh. the kick out oh, and put your man. man through like Which one on one he done it three times <laughs> he done it in Tallet. he done it in he could not. He done it in Tallow once. Yeah. Yeah. He done it in once, and he done it in Belgrade. Yeah. I think he actually done it twice. Yeah. And your man's in on goal. But the great, the whole thing was, I remember he he, he, he acted like he was injured, mm. and he stayed down, and I actually thought he, he was just composing himself. Mm. Well, that save was because uh, it's he's, he's, his hand is behind yeah. the rest of his body, like. But the likes of that, like there was never like the chances they missed. Not and obviously what couple yeah. of line saves they hit the post, and when so when yeah, Steve scored that, you just thought. This could be but, a but but and then second half Stevie O'Donnell made a couple of great blocks yeah Stevie did yeah, Stevie, on right on the line on yeah. right on the line he had a couple yeah. of really good blocks as well on the line yeah. and when Stevie takes up to take, steps up to take the panel what was going through your head well, let's talk about the dive first that wasn't a dive <laughs> which, which can dive, dive all day no uh, Shep 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 that was a panel all day long yeah all day long yeah well, look, when Stevie, look, Stevie's really, he was he was always good at penalties, but he was just, to be honest, when the penalty came, you thought. Did anybody talk to him for If he had the ball in his hands, did anybody say anything? No, there, was there any, no, cause, you know, any of their players come yeah. up and say, oh. No, know. I think Stevie just picked it up. There was no even discussion about like who wanted to take it. I think it was Twiggy off at that stage. He was off. Like, Twiggy got taken off. Yeah, Twiggy was off. Kildoff, yeah. Kildoff, But I just remember saying, could win this game here if he scored yeah. like, and it's like you're in Holy the group shit. stages it's like nearly surreal like and then we scored another didn't we? No, Did no the penalty no, yeah. was it that the penalty was a they had a man sent off I remember the ball down the side was a Kilduff play uh, st- end, end of Stevens end of play the end ball, played the ball down and Kilduff tried to lob the keeper that's right. and he parried it that's right yeah, and it was, he went to recovery he took Shep down yeah, yeah, no yeah. it was a great penalty no it was just it's actually only when Stephen announced his retirement there recently it, to this pre-season I can't remember was it Kilternan or somewhere really? and I, I was doing interviews and they interviewed like Stephen had just signed and I asked him a question and I was saying like I don't know if you noticed that we like we just lost the cup final mm. and I said we've had a bit of a problem with penos and I says do you think you're the answer to our uh, to our penalties and he says oh, well, he said something along the lines of if a penalty ever comes up I'll take, I'll take it, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, is that interview on MySpace it's on it's on Vimeo. That's still a real <laughs> So you, you were on 2FM the next morning? 
And Belbret, yeah, uh, I always, I always call, yeah, I always call Samantha Lebrer. Yeah, I always call her my agent. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of good media work around then. Right. But uh, yeah, so I got. I think it was Owen. She she texted me and said, "Owen Rice gave me your number. Would you mind taking a call from Two FM?" And I was like, "I'm like literally in the airport in Belgrade." Like, so I thought like it was going to be like a two minute kind of call. Like, I think I was on for like twenty minutes, <laughs> and like I cut yeah. off, and I was like, "Oh, that's the end of it." And then they rang me back, so I, was, I, I th- it felt like I was on for. I was like sitting trying to find a quiet area mm-hmm. in Belgrade Airport. And then I got home then, and then, I can't remember who it was, it was Sully, I can't remember who it was, it was Sully and uh, Stephen O'Donnell, we were on Miriam McCallaghan's show, mm. on the on the Ooh. Saturday morning, and uh, I think they were in the, and John Bourne and Owen Rice, I think, maybe Buzz, I think, were on it as well, but I was, I was out on the Friday night. And I was literally sitting on my couch in my box shorts yeah. all hour. And it wasn't Miriam McCallan, it was I think Claire Bourne was oh, covering yeah. covering for but it but it, well, it was just but it was just bizarre. Just being on Next the, week was nuts, yeah, wasn't it? It was, it was just like, Another good quote from you from uh, Tidal Time. You said from near extinction to another stratosphere in six years. Mm. It's not an abstract thing. It's people I know who achieved this. It wasn't just the players, it was our achievement as a group of fans. It's amazing what people can achieve. They put their minds to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what love is still. It's still yeah, around it's still the club as well. But um, we'll talk about spores and uh, the goal at the Old Boy Heart Lane. And Daniel Fulham sent in this question. Uh, Dan's in Australia this year at the moment, and good hoop when the founders of the Gary Twig Supporters Club. Mm. He said of the four thousand, he was one of the four thousand there at Boy Heart Lane. Do you reckon you were the most surprised when the famous little dink <laughs> went in? And tell me this: Did you mean it? I definitely meant it. Definitely meant it. <laughs> Honest go, I'd say. I, I yeah. definitely. No, look, because I, I knew Sully, wo- Sully was winding up to hit it. It was a volley. I think it dropped on the half volley to him. Mm. The pitch was slick. It was really slick. And I knew, for, I think it was a free kick, I dropped back out. And it was Gary McCabe. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Gaz that had taken a free kick. I know he was attacking the free kick, but I knew I was right in the oil line of Curicini. It, it, it was a decent free kick as well. It was a good yeah, save. Yeah, yeah, it was a good save. But I knew I was in his oil line because it was straight at the ball. And as Sully hit it, it was slick. And I knew I was close enough that if any the slightest touch on it, he's not going to be able to react like you know. Mm. So it was the slightest little nick that I needed to take him off, and it took him off. Uh, so when that went in, I think the photo what? speaks like, a thousand words. That mm. photo of you celebrating that goal, you've yeah. never seen a man happier. Oh, the yeah, score goal. It was unbelievable. It was because again, score goals <laughs> wasn't renowned for it, like, yeah. you know. And I'm, I'm sure if anyone uh, thinking of going to be the I suppose get the goal out there it wasn't going to be me like, you know because particularly in the game I was playing a really deep sitting midfield role to try to stop it was Defoe and Pavlichenko I think <laughs> that's yeah. like, you know um, and Defoe kept dropping in so I was playing very defensive like within that game but it was a free kick was the reason I was up and like to score like that's that that was stuff of dreams like that was you know said you go just the scenes of the fans the, from the, God, but even the fact that it was in that corner and yeah. you know, we could have scored at the other end I could have scored in the other side and Naturally went the other way. It was just, it was like it was, it was meant to be. But like as I said, you go to England, you come back, you think the dream is gone. You're never going to get the chance to play in these full Premier League stadiums. And it came back around that way. And to score, it was, it was stuff of dreams. And I think you know, particularly for myself personally at the time, we, my nan was ill and she was at home watching it with my grandfather, and it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Like, yeah. It was unbelievable. When I interviewed uh, Paul Jammond last year after his. Uh 
FA Cup for all. Because he said, uh, I finally have that in common with uh, Stephen Rice now. He's both scored <laughs> yeah. against Spurs. Yeah. And then we James Cook, he said, Do you feel that that famous goal somewhat overshadows your career, Rovers? Says the man with a signed frame picture of Rice in his man cave. <laughs> Um, well, look, it is the thing that people generally speak about, like you know. I'll be honest, it's not for me. It's not for me at all. I just when you when you think of when I think of Royce, I just think of fucking someone getting stuck fucking in and the heart and the sleeve, and someone who dragged us to a league title. I I don't necessarily associate you with White Hart Lane, and I think that is a a little bit unfair. Do you think it is? is what that it overshadows? I don't. I, I wouldn't like to think it does. Like like again. A goal is a is it happens in a split second in a kick of a ball and you know like where's what you I suppose what you're renowned for at a club or what you're known for at a club and how you build that takes years and that rapport I would have had with the fans and I suppose the connection with the club and the work rate and the and everything that I, I felt I brought I certainly I don't think it's maybe the Rovers fans that just see that. But I think certainly externally... Outside the loop, yeah. yeah. It, it, like, I mean, it's generally, oh, the sports thing is what people talk about, you know, and even Rovers fans will mention it, but as I said, I wouldn't like to think that a goal, you know... Defines you. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. As I said, like people talk about sports all the time. The best night for me was, was Bray, like, mm. you know, people say, what was the best moment of your career? It was Bray, like, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. And sports was just a nice highlight, but it's, like... The be- the best moment was break. The combination like, of hard work of everything, yeah, and yeah. then like of everything that had gone, like you know, um, and there was a lot of work went into it, and and the, what it meant to everybody at the club, that was definitely the best night. You mentioned a lot of the players had started their careers in England. There was six that Rovers teams, that Rovers team, had been with clubs in England and then hadn't been able to progress mm. to a higher level. As you said, they never thought they'd get a chance to play at a Premier League ground like mm. that. So they came to Rovers from various fields. So you had Billy Denny, had been with Sunderland. Someone, yeah. Finn was with Cambridge. Conor McCormick at Manchester United. And Steve via, via Italy. Where was he? I thought that documentary was on the other night. I couldn't stop laughing. When he got the, I think he was in a pizza place in the fucking canal when he got a call out. Michael O'Neill was saying. So Stephen O'Donnell at Arsenal. Gary Twig at Derby County and yourself. Coventry City mm. so I think Gary wants to know how he ended up at Coventry City yeah, this, favorite this, question. this is there's something it, go, it goes back to championship manager I've been obsessed with championship manager right. on the PC I, I love knowing like I said the Bockers and how they come about and he was I was fascinated with that one because he said that like I played in Bockers League at that level and he was the superstar mm. everyone wanted him and then it turned out that nobody wanted him in the end mm. and then he had to beg Leeds to bring him over so how was that with you? I think um I, and was there, any, was there anyone else interested? Was it just Coventry? Yeah, look, I'd been on a lot of trials, to be honest. Like my and who did you skill start boy off? Team. Was it Lourdes? Lourdes, 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 my yeah. skillboy team was me and Brad's on midfield together. Like, yeah. you know, so like Brad's would have joined at 12, 13. So we would have played midfield together. Uh, Connor Kenny, Stephen Quigley, um, a little right back played for Pats and Charles. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, him. You know, we, we, we had a good side. A couple of, played for Drogheda as well. Yeah, yeah, all worlds and stuff. So, But like again, in skillboy football, I was never the... I suppose the standout player, like you know, you know, I suppose uh, attribute the amount of scouts, twenty, twenty-four scouts every game to watch Brad's. You know, Brad's was the, yeah. was the Brad's was the was was the was at that age group was a very age was the was the star. Um, so he had tried. I always say like all the scouts were coming to watch him. They all couldn't get him, so they had to look elsewhere yeah. as well. Like you know, and so like um, I'd been to Liverpool on a trial. I'd been to. Uh, right. 
Coventry, Wolves, Tranmere. Yeah, I'd been around, but again, no real offer. The only offer came from Coventry. Uh, and they were a Premier League club at the time. So uh, I said, I'd been to a lot of trials and never got any offers. And but when Coventry offered, it was straight away. Jumped at it? Yeah, absolutely. I was of course, you had to go. Yeah, look, my ma, again, that wanted me to kind of, wasn't sure. And, but I think it's also, you know, parents don't want to stop you in case you hold it against them when mm-hmm. you don't go. But I think this, like again, remember it's a, huge, it was, it's a huge decision, isn't it? Yeah, but again, there's no structures in it. There was never structures then the way there is now. It was like a YTS job, wasn't it? No, it was a one year YTS, yeah. three year pro. Like, so it was a good contract in that sense. But um, like now, the boys have structures. You look at Gav and you look at, you know, air boys now that, you know, are going to come grants. You know, yeah, but they don't have to go straight away at 15. Yeah. Like, they can go. They're going as a man, like, they're going as men, they're going as more mature, and they're going straight. With a possible a bit of force team football behind Straight them in, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we have, we're going to move on now to the, the Stephen Kenny reign. So tell us what you think went wrong. I think it was, was difficult. Uh, it was a difficult time, I think. Uh, I think Michael Leaven was always going to be here. Yeah. I don't definitely you know, I think he was going to leave either way he felt yeah. he was gone after those yeah, two league titles he was yeah, gone he was gone, probably going to go anyway it's difficult to know what went wrong like, but I think the players have to take the bulk of the responsibility I, I feel like that as well I think not that it was instigated but I don't think they took to him no well, uh, I don't I, think the players took to him like at again, all well, I, again I worked with Stephen previously he brought some of you when I come back so again you know I'd Understood and a lot of respect for him, and, and understood what he was about, like you know. And uh, but I, I don't, I, I think the players for that 2012, 2012, you know, players, the players have to take a lot of responsibility for that yeah. year, like you know. And unfortunately, I suppose Stephen suffered and as a manager. That's the but let's know, be honest, it was the right appointment at the time. It was definitely. It was like. It was. I always saw it as going as a safe pair of hands. Well, like, I, like, I think what, it's what he'd achieved and, and yeah. the style. And more importantly, like Stephen, the style and look. I mean, what he's achieved since then has been nothing short of. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable yeah. yeah. You, you, like, I mean, it's, he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest managers in the league. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah. You know, he is being told us that. Yeah. You no, know, you can't argue with that. Like, and again, it's you know. So look, it, it was one of those things, but um, it was disappointing. But. Um, I mean, look, I suppose in some ways that's football, isn't it? It's yeah, it I always kind of said I always. But certainly, players do, you know, get away with a lot. Like, it was, yeah. I said I always kind of saw it as kind of like it was, as you said, it's kind of like a perfect storm. It was, it was just like so many different factors yeah, that so, contributed to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 yeah, what, what it was said, like. And look, you look at Stephen now; he's going to be the, the, the international manager. So yeah. he's gone to the pinnacle, and he's yeah. you know he's really he's done unbelievably well. Yeah. Like so, but, but I think maybe I don't know, maybe that's. Something that he is it maybe that major law is kind of what's driven him on to yeah and the, you can't to what you he is now yeah, like yeah exactly maybe it is and you, you get laws and I think he's you know what he's done since then has been short of a miracle at the dock yeah like, you know? yeah but I, I think what I always say like my begrudgingly what I always say about that Dundalk team was particularly in Europe mm. is. They went out and just played their game. Yeah, they didn't. They, did, it they didn't change it. They just went out and played the way they played. Like they were fearless, yeah, they were yeah, fearless yeah. And, they, and you know, unbelievable that achievement, phenomenal. What yeah. he's done there, yeah. three, four league titles. Yeah. So we had the uh, your last season at Rovers was 2014 under Crawley, and it was a hard leaving the club. And when did you know you were going to leave the club? Yeah, it was, I didn't want to. Obviously, didn't want to leave the club. Um, 
Trev said he, he, he wasn't going to sign me back like you know so oh, so he came out and said it to you and said listen it's not happening yeah I met him I met him in the in the, in the Clarion I met him uh, he asked me to meet him so I went and met him and he said look going to go a different way and it's going to you know and it was just really okay so that was a it was a very difficult it was a tough one to take at the time um, and we yeah. were surprised that you actually dropped down in the division as well because we were thinking that Royce is like he could do a job and was there any other offers on the table it was one or two but again I didn't want to be I didn't want to be, like I didn't want to be scratching around bottom half of the Premier and you know winning a challenge, the second was it? week like yeah I just thought something different uh, Cuzzo rang me Cuzzo came in and uh, they were trying to do something Flinny had already signed if I'm not mistaken and I just said look give, give something totally different to go and I wanted to I wanted to win something. Yeah, the clubs yeah. were, off, were being offered. We're not going to. He did left a bit of a legacy there, anyway. So and when you returned with Longford for an FBI Cup tie in Tala, mm. the Ultras in Block M had a bit of a, a tribute to you. They displayed a banner saying, "Thanks for everything, Ricer." Yeah. So what did, what did that mean to you? It meant everything, and it was only as I said, it was, it was a banner that they, they put up. But again, it was going back to Tala was was unbelievable. It was great, like you know. But uh, for them to show that, it just kind of showed such a level of uh, respect like you know and what they taught you it's always nice like and I think you know when fans make a gesture like that like they've taken the time to go and do that you know and someone's taken the time to put it together and and if someone spoke about it it meant a, it meant a lot like you know and it meant a lot to myself and, and I said my family because again it's players don't just play for all with your family become part of it as well like you know so to see that level of respect for everything that I've given the club and more importantly the club had given me was, was great like you know and then we had um, Glen Thorne in February 2016 and you left that for a couple of months. So yeah. yeah, I went to Glen's. Alan Kernan was the manager. I just went up, to be honest. Uh, something, different. something different. At that point, I'd kind of had my headset. I was I was going into coaching and actually when I started at Longford, I, was, I, I began the kind of uh, coaching in a, on, a, on a, I suppose, on a more frequent basis, two, three times a week. And, at that point, I realised that that was the way I was going to go. Like so, football nearly took a back step in some yeah. senses. Like you know, leaving Rovers, going to Longford, less training nights, more commitment to coaching and getting developing self education and, and coach education and stuff. And then, yeah, to be honest, after Longford, I was probably going to jack it up. Like you know, and then the Glentoran thing came about, and I says, look, I'll go up and have a, have a look at it and see. Played a game for them against Derry and done really well. Signed, um, but the travelling and. Been able to balance yeah. coaching, work, and uh, playing. It was too much, like you know, it was too much. And uh, I said, I just decided after that that I was done, and I just commit, commit myself to coaching. So we've more questions sent than my listeners. With Gary Cosgrave said, "Who did Royce a room with on away trips, and uh, has he any Pajo stories?" We got the Pajo stories. Oh, so who the Pajo stories? <laughs> just can, none, none can be heard. He said, "I'm the proud owner of Royce Umbro boots from the second league title." Right. And he said, "Who's your who's your room on away trips?" <laughs> It's a good show actually. She wasn't that memorable. <laughs> there was one actually. Who was? Who did I remember? I can't even remember. Obviously, they weren't memorable. I know we changed the odd bit because I remember who was it? I went. We went to Juve. We were travelling. If I remember, early in the morning when we went to Juve, we went to Medina that time. Yeah. But we were training in the evening before. We were, we were flaked out, we already been travelling through the morning, we slept right out. <laughs> we were running down, I can't think who. Oh, uh, Chambers. Yeah, Chambers. Chambers, yeah. Chambers, of course, how could I forget? <laughs> Chambers. He yeah, travelled with Flinner as well. Chambers. When he was at Waterford. 
Yeah, yeah, that's good stories with him. Because uh, the Waterford fans like were really getting on Flinner's back, right. and then Seamus would constantly read out what they were saying to them, right. saying about Flinner online oh, <laughs> and the, the carriage journey, the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did well for himself out on the stage. James, 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 yeah, James, great team, James, yeah, James, a good lad. Yeah. yeah. No, James, you was room for James here. So uh, Paul McGrath has a question. He says, "Why did why did you throw yourself from the balcony of the submarine bar, all over Pat Scully's suit jacket?" <laughs> well, it wasn't there that night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Bert Bundrich, do you know Bert? He says, "Does he fry a baker's potatoes?" Is that a piss take? Probably piss. We get one of these every show. He get one too. Andrew Carefo said his brother once told him and Ronaldo had words and Royce had left them needing stitches after a tackle. That's why Ronaldo went over half time. Ask him is there any truth in the story? I don't think there'd be any maliciousness in Royce anyway. <laughs> I asked him Murray at half time. There's a picture of me walking off talking to him. Um, well, I was asking for his jersey and he turns around and he says, um, everybody wants my jersey. And then I told him, what to, what to do with his jersey? You know, <laughs> kind of went. Everyone wants me jersey. You know, he kind of like, I was yeah. like you're, you're going off now because I think it was known he was coming. I was only playing a half. Yeah, yeah. Just give us your jersey here, like. And he, everyone wants my fucking jersey, like you know. Said that. And I kind of went. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, do that with your jersey. <laughs> and with Jason Maloney, he said we all remember Royce's reaction at the goal at Whitehair Lane. I've never actually seen anyone look so happy after scoring a goal in all my time watching football. Steve was actually brilliant on the night too and David Pleat was raving about him on the Channel 5 commentary. He said, uh, did you get to hear any of the comments from David No, Pleat? I actually didn't because uh, someone had said to me all right, that the, the English channels were covering it. It was a Channel 5 and, and a few different channels and I actually did. Again, probably not. I actually played quite well that night in We Art Lane in the role that I was in. Um, was that, so it had a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot to do but we actually had more of the ball than we probably expected in my heart lane so and as me as the sitting midfielder it was kind of my job to to control that like and be the be the, the focal point of that like and we had a lot more ball and I actually did play qu- quite well in the game um, and I said um, I was the, yeah no it was an unbelievable night I definitely didn't sleep that night <laughs> I definitely didn't sleep we were just up all night I have to ask you as well uh, I don't remember the Hoops SE end of season doing that year yeah, yeah. watching the photograph yeah, I still have it yeah. you still have it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the photograph in the frame yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I always yeah, remember right, you saying definitely. you saying thanks very much no, I'm going to have trouble keeping that away from me now yeah but anyway, <laughs> I mean she's like right you're not getting that back with you um, yeah no it was brilliant but again the likes of that like you know the stuff like that at, at clubs I don't you know you don't yeah. get that you don't get that, that I suppose that Having the likes of that, people inviting you things and and, and and presenting you, it shows what it means to people at the club, like you know. But it was a, I was so happy I didn't sleep that night. Definitely not, like you know. And these ones are tough enough to answer on the spot. Right. So if you can't think of it, we'll move on. And then we'll come back to. It. But the funniest moment in football, in in general, in any, any way possible whatsoever. What's that you've experienced on the pitch, any game or off the pitch, or, or even off the pitch. It's a tough one. On it is. It's a tough one. We'll, <laughs> we'll think about it and we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll ask you the best player you've played with and against. The best player I've played with and against. I think you'd be able to answer the against. Yeah. I think we can guess who it against is. Against Force probably. Against. Is. If you're going off name and, you know, we kind of dealt here on Ronaldo, but on the day I remember Benzema. Yeah, was, was outrageous. Yeah, you know, he was outrageously good. Like you know, um, but like if you're looking at bigger, 
Ronaldo and Del Piero in terms of careers, but yeah, remember yeah. on the night in Tallinn. I'd prefer that. I'd prefer on the night. Benzema. On Benzema the day was, performance. Was, Benzema was outstanding that night, if I remember, uh, in Tala. And um, player I played with, again, I'd say probably Twiggy. Twiggy, yeah. In terms yeah, of just yeah. his goals. Yeah. You know, you can't... Um, that was funny as well you were saying about on the night. I always still say like, of all the games Rovers have played in Europe, best player I've seen was a guy called Lajos Tatari, mm. who played for BP Honved hey. in, and he was 87. Mm. 85. 85, was it? You're not the only one saying like, that. Like, Lajos Tatari to me was still mm. the best. He just like, unbelievable. he was unbelievable. Like, mm. like even like Del Piero, yeah, yeah. Ronaldo, ben, everyone else I've seen since, mm. t- as a kid, seeing him that night was just, it was unbelievable, yeah. like, unbelievable, yeah. like, unbelievable. So that is, um, yeah, so... Well, we've, we've talked about a lot of the famous Tata games today, so uh, we know some of your favourites, but what would you both pick as the best goal you've ever seen scored in Tata Stadium in the 10 years? Can I go first? Yeah, yeah of course. Borkies in Europe. Yeah, that's mine. Out, out, out of this world. Mm, can't, I can't think it's of so ridiculously good. The technique in it is just... You'll naturally swear the ball. Like, mm. like the, the way he comes off a throw and he lets it go by his body and he swivels mm. and hits it with his left on the outside of his left. Keeper just watched it. <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was so good. I think for me, it's probably Shawnee O'Connor against Derry. Volley. Oh, I remember oh, that. that was great, yeah. Was this yeah. under Crawley? Or it was on the Trev, yeah. 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 It was a volley. He got two of that. Yeah. yeah. I think that was like Cut a in. Yeah. Bent one in the far yeah. corner. We actually launched Tata time that day. Right. So yeah, I remember two goals. Tough. He got two yeah. good goals today. The volley outside yeah. the box yeah. was, was excellent. Another honourable mention. I don't remember. We played Galway in the Cup. And someone played a ball down James. the line for Billy. Huh? And Billy, Billy backheeled it to Desi. Right. And Desi played a ball across to James Chambers. And he controlled it on his chest and let it drop and he hit it right. and it never it was basically that yeah. far off, and it went into the far corner and the uh, the Galway full back applauded it I remember actually Chamber, we Chamber it, it was yeah. had a super season uh, like, and he scored yeah. another great goal that day there was loads of two against Galway didn't he and it was played into him and he just back to goal and he turned and he smashed it like he scored two brilliant goals that day like, but that, that volley Chambers. that day was unbelievable Chambers scored some great goals as well so uh, that is pretty much it for today um, we had the club's new highlights package has some home games and received a lot of great feedback SRFC TV and we have a former SRFC TV commentator here in Dunster so the embargo that was placed on you when you were doing it it was a what was it was it RT or who was yeah it? I can't remember it, it, it was pretty much the same thing that's going on now with the highlight packages where oh. I think the FAI were saying it was RTE and the RT and RTE were saying it was it was the FAI and I think yeah. I think ultimately what it came down to was like they said we could do audio not video so we kind of did the audio for a while and then I think Albert yeah I think Albert had a kid then and he was kind of the techie end of things I used to just show up Oh yeah, crap! Yeah. As you do, but it was funny now. I know you had your your stint as the uh, the PA. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. And I know, I, Bird. I said the first the first like I I'll tell you I'll, I'll take some of the pressure. The first time I did that, uh, I think I, I, Buzz used to do it, and I was covering for Buzz, and uh, it was the first time that the club had done like an anti flare thing. Oh right, right. And like and I remember no, and I had to, I had to go, and no one was saying to me, look, <laughs> I know it's. 
I know this is going against everything. <laughs> but just say it and get it over with or whatever. So I had to do this thing. And then I went up and I was reading the, uh, the other way you have to do the anti-racist mm. kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a line that says, anyone who anyone caught saying anything like will face ejection from the stadium. And I said, will face erection. <laughs> and I just dropped I just dropped it. I was just like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. Conor O'Sullivan. Conor O'Sullivan. I think it has to be, uh, there has to be a, a drive towards getting Pat Flint to do one of them. Because <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like, because I don't want the PA. Because the, 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 the whack does it some, like, uh, Mick McCairns does it some, yeah, no, and no, it's Mick wild. Does. It's yeah. wild. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat don't want the PA. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, so that's it. It's It's been a great show. Thanks for coming in, lads. It's Happy 10 Years Tele Stadium. And thanks to the lads and keep on hoping. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Cheers.